0: This is Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benham.
1: I'm Joe, and I'm JP.
0: Joe, you sound knackered. It's been a feels like a decade ago since last weekend, but you you missed the last show. You've been up in Liverpool. You're up in Scotland while we were doing our last show. Has it killed you off?
2: Uh, I shouldn't have played football today. That's ah, <laughs> uh, oh, I was uh, looking for some reserves of energy, and I was you know maybe playing at kind of seventy five percent, and then. Uh,
1: Near the end of your pre-season.
2: We were 2-0 up. Both goals by uh, yours truly. Wow. <laughs> um, and they got it to 2 all, And I was like, oh, shit. So I had to start putting a shift in. And uh, got it to 3-2. And then the keeper and the centre-back. Fucked up and ended up at 3 in the end and oh. we were pushing for a winner and it didn't come and I was annoyed because I thought we'd kill them off, I can just relax in the second half but oh. it didn't happen and I'm fucked.
0: I feel like if it had finished 3-2 it could have been like the equivalent of Tramia Rochdale, sounds like the similar kind of drama <laughs> that we oh. saw this weekend while you were up.
2: Uh, but... I'm not sure my goals were of the quality of two of those Rochdale goals that we saw, that's <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um, they were all right, but two of them Rochdale goals were different level. Mm, different yes. level. For oh. League One, that was one of the best League One matches I've been to. And I was watching Southampton League One for a couple of seasons. Mm.
0: Yeah, there was yeah. I, I was I was going expecting just to do the Jeff Jarrett trail, and we did that. But actually, yeah, it was a genuinely good game, wasn't it, JP? I don't know if have you've have you recovered from uh, our trip over to Birkenhead? You got to see a bit of Kirkdale. Oh. Uh, it's a bit of uh... God's
1: country. <laughs> uh, if oh. you ever meet God, he'll have a postcard from Kirkdale stuck on his fridge. <laughs> it's 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 a place, isn't it? It's, an, it's
0: quite an incredible place. I mean, bear in mind, I live in Walton, which is just down the road from Kirkdale by Goodison Park. But you got to see the all of the sights, JP. What what were your highlights of? Uh, of our fair area?
1: Oh, um, heroin foods or heroin <laughs> foods. As, uh, That's got as to you... be a
0: national chain. I didn't realise it was just a Merseyside thing. It can't be.
1: It's it, it, If it's anywhere outside of that road, I'd be very surprised. Mm. Um The crepe shop they just seemed to refuse to serve us. Very oh, yeah,
2: twice. They, twice. they lost out on business. Yeah, yeah well annoying. up
1: for a crepe
2: before that journey back. I found a um, waffle when I was drunk that night. This, walk, is, on, this around, is on the well-famous flam-
0: County Road. Uh, what, what was the problem? They just didn't like the, that you were Southerners, thought you were away fans? What was it?
2: Yeah, a little bit of Northern snobbery on us. There's a little bit of that, you know, <laughs> subtle bit of that over the weekend. That oh, woman no. who didn't like... Very change. much the oppressed
1: minority in the UK is
2: the sound. <laughs> it? But that's that woman who didn't like using were an Arsenal fan or something.
1: She seemed very upset about yeah. that. We're kind of jumping all over the week. Yeah, yeah. But she was all right about it by the end. But she seemed, yeah, I was like, where's the natural Everton Arsenal rivalry? But I don't know. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a good... I Like, walking around Goodison... Is was kind of interesting seeing those statues and how old it is as well. Yeah. But they're going have that new, you're going to have that new fancy stadium soon. Oh yeah. So it's like, yeah, maybe you might get some big regeneration money going in around uh, around Kirkdale. Probably That's, not.
0: I was a big fan of that taxi driver JP on Thursday night. that just oh. drove me and you drove me and you round. Gave you he was he, he was an, he was talking to you about Arsenal, wasn't he? We he gave us the tour of yeah. Goodison around. You got to see, you got to see a little bit of the sights.
1: He was quizzing me while I was hammered about Nicolas Pepe, and I thought I can't really go in depth at this particular juncture. He did seem very interested, though. Mm. So proper, like he seemed quite happy about the idea of driving around Goodison for a sort of a 3am tour of it, whatever mm. bloody time it was at that stage. Right. Yeah, it was cracking, though. Oh, I, I'd, I'd, mate, I want to go. I'm going to go there on my holidays next summer.
0: <laughs> I reckon you're going to buy a house around here. I think you're just enamoured yeah. with the place now that you saw there. Yeah, I. You saw what i I'm angry with...
1: since. I've I'm angry since I've got back about that. That's just wrong. Why don't you move in with Benno? He's got a spare
0: room. There you go. You're welcome anytime, JP. Uh,
1: that's it got me thinking.
0: Clean up for Oxford wages, then. Oh, Grapple ah, Towers B, is. I think it is. I think gra- the proper Grapple Tower is Garrett's, which is a very, very nice house in Crosby. Um, <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. Probably buy 10 of my houses for that.
2: The Grapple Ghetto.
0: <laughs> uh, such as Walton uh, but yeah we'll get, we'll get it I suppose we'll get more, to more detail on uh, on my hood and the uh, the general weekend that we got got up to this weekend so lots and lots of uh, touristy sites but I suppose mm. one thing we should mention before we get into it in too much detail uh, there was a bit of news this weekend uh, turned out lads while you were in Liverpool Brit Rez died that was the thing um, I don't know whether it was Smallman <laughs> leaving Progress that was the final nail on the coffin the defiant closing Chris Roberts going to WWE. Um, I don't know uh, whether it's Dan Maloney getting getting bookings everywhere. Maybe that's the best sign that, that Brit Rez is dead. Uh, but fuck me, there was a lot of a lot of news while we were away, JP.
1: Yeah, it was weird. It was like being at that TNT show, and you get there's two bits of news that break. One of which was that Harley Race died, and they put an image of him up at the um, mm. up at the interval, and then Defiant closes. The two aren't related, obviously, <laughs> in any shape, or form. But it was like that was a bit weird in a, in and of itself.
0: Kind of shocking to find um, never booked Harley Race. To be fair, booked everyone else. Could have <laughs> well, put him in a world cup. Old,
2: um, what's his name? The fella from the north who stood up to Bodum that time. The Jack Duckworth, of Brit Britress. Oh, what's his bloody name? Rampage Brown. No, the guy who was at the Super J Cup. The Super J Cup. The Rev Pro J Cup. and him um, uh, Marty Jones arty e. jones, jones that's it yes. he was like the harley race equivalent there he was great and defiant. his one appearance
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah all the all the sort of brit Ress is dead stuff seemed to happen completely because i also didn't want to have spoiled g1 so for a lot of the weekend it's like i wasn't on a lot of social media mm. so when hearing this stuff and seeing we came back and, and people saying about it about being dead i was like what what happened did we completely miss something as well that happened into the boot but it's yeah there's a big sort of news like days though wasn't mm. it? those four days or so the stuff was coming out and yeah yeah i mean it's if, it's a, it's a shifting landscape if nothing else
0: definitely i mean if we're honest it's been when i say brit Rez is dead because i'm one of the main people who kind of started saying it brit, at, i know it's that top level it's that it's that boom period it's that you know promotions that people all around the world are watching that is dead and it's been dead for like a year and a half now uh maybe the last year if you want to be charitable i just for me smallman leaving progress which we should probably talk in more detail is kind of just a it just makes it's a nice nice little landmark and, and defiant closing as well just a your smallman leaving progress let's let's not mess around this is this is pro, this is progress's equivalent of I would assume, you know, come January when he leaves, they're gonna have to change everything about the presentation because everything about Progress yeah. is so wrapped up in Jim Smallman, um, the, the ethos, the look, the just the idea of punk rock pro wrestling. Unless you get a Matt Richards to put a backwards baseball cap on, as he's uh, joked about himself, <laughs> you're gonna have to go a different direction with Progress in January. And I feel like that's gonna be that when w- Will Cooling mentioned it via me mentioning it, the uh, the old WCW kind of. When the night when Nitro kind of died on its ass in nineteen ninety nine, but they still had the old set. You still kind of had that old Nitro aesthetic to cling to. And then as soon as they changed the set and they bought it in the likes of DJ Ran, I uh, kind of it became like that WCW two thousand look. It was like like a cold bit of water to your face just to, uh, for the people who are hanging on thinking this is still wcw it could still be good it was like nope this is something completely different and you associate that look and that era of wcw with death and i kind of feel like that's what we're gonna get with progress uh i don't know maybe i'm overreacting i don't know what you think joe is uh is smallman leaving a big deal is, is progress dead is is brit res dead is the boom over um what's your take on it yeah
2: um <laughs> I, all of the above know
0: yeah
2: I, I don't know if dead is the right word i just mm. it's not hot
0: yeah it's just a dramatic um, move,
2: isn't it? yeah the top tier is kind of cold at this point in time mm. like yeah there are still good matches that take place of these promotions there are good wrestlers there but progress let's be honest died once we started hearing about um their mates in connecticut and mm. all the rest let's be
0: honest it's been a um, slow bleeding elf kind of death though and we're still in the midst yeah. of it yeah yeah
2: And I think there are a lot of people who, you know, progress is a real integral part of their social life and one in four Sundays have been trying to pretend that there's still really good stuff going on in progress. And fair enough, that's how they feel. And, you know, um, I'm sure there are people who are trying to pretend that there are still really great benefits that can come from no deal. Um, But (laughs) at this stage, I just what is progress really offering if you ask me it's not been hot for a long time it's been pretty hard to watch i've found mm. for a long time when i have watched it and yeah it's just it, i think it's been coming for a while jim's act has been stale for a long time yeah uh, i've mm. said for a while he needs to change the act up he's got to adapt it in some way he's not been able to do that or he's not really been willing to do that he's probably got a lot on let's be honest he's working two jobs with progress at nxt uk you know they're probably prioritizing the nxt yeah. uk job i kind of get that at this family point life in time. as
1: well and other things yeah. outside of wrestling and the rest of it it's...
2: exactly so i get it and you know what fair play to him and all the best to him um As much shit as we've given progress over the years, he's done some amazing stuff in British wrestling, let's be honest about it. He's the best ringer announcer in British wrestling.
0: Like, even if we say we're sick of his style, and even if I'd say watching the VOD, I absolutely skip over him now. He's still the best ringer announcer in Brit Rez. It's still, like you say, he was so important to those hardcore fans. For me, you know, I've mentioned it a few times, taking casual fans to the shows or non-fans to the shows, like my brother, like... Yeah. He's the first thing that people talk about because you forget, you know, how, how much of a big part he is of of that progress atmosphere. But yeah, you're not wrong. He, he did get stale towards the end.
2: And he can get people up for a match as well. If yeah. there's a match with Hyder a little bit down, yeah, he's very good at doing it. He always has been. The shtick was very effective. It was fun for a long time. It's mm. just kind of, yeah, it's, a, you know, a bit old now. It feels a bit worn and. I don't know where progress goes from here, but, yeah, him leaving, it's a big mm. dent to the identity of progress because, like we, like you said, the identity of progress really is defined by Jim Smallman, but, mm. yeah, we'll see where it goes from here.
0: Yeah, I think I, the one thing I'm mainly surprised about is, and I kind of tweeted this on the day, is like that it's just Jim going. You kind of think if Jim's walking out, maybe the other two would also see the writing of the war, maybe Les Briley. Uh, just with obviously him being you know so tied into I don't know if it, it, a lot of people you know without Jim there's not going to be much of a progress but it does sound like from all the he does and the fact that he's kind of the main driver behind a lot of the the company without Briley, there is no progress surprise Glenn Joseph sticking around though to be honest um, yeah it's a, it's a bit weird that one's going and the other two aren't I mean obviously they've all got the jobs with NXT UK so bit odd that like Jim is the one that maybe is, is, is saying that JP that he needs that he needs to walk away and you know he's gotta focus on other things and and the other two aren't and do, do you read anything into that? Do you think there's any kind of you know reshuffle going on at NXT or NXT UK? You know you could imagine the likes of Gabe to mm-hmm. to step up to work with Heyman maybe at some point and there could be you know, vacancies over in NXT in the US. I know there's been no news in that direction. Just trying to kind of pass why it is that, that it's gym leaving, or maybe it is just as simple as burnout.
1: I actually think it might just be burnout for it, simply because the amount of people they've got in positions who could possibly go into creative roles, they've got almost like too many of them now. Hmm. Because the amount of people they've cleaned up, that's the other thing in terms of not only cleaning up wrestlers and, and stockpiling them, they've been stockpiling people who've worked. As creatives within wrestling as well, hmm. and I, I honestly, I honestly, to God think it might be rather simplistic. Is he only one of them with kids? It might be a case of you know simply being you know not based in London, having a young family, hmm. wanting you know not wanting wanting to be able to concentrate on one thing for a while, I, I, which is completely understandable. I actually think it might just be as simple as that. I think rover um, said something than about sort of. Oh, sorry, to,
0: mm. i was just gonna say Robert said something like maybe he just doesn't want to be the world's oldest teenager in his backwards hat forever. Maybe that maybe at some point he did <laughs> kind it. of have to go. <laughs> maybe that's, that's yeah. something to Yeah, he about. did. And
1: in and in some ways, like, you know, he's gonna get that send off at chapter one hundred. And we've spoken about this before, like we'll whether or, or not chapter we are. We are <laughs> so, well, I've said actually I'll go along. If, if Joe's going along as well. So I'm going to be
2: the progress correspondent, the Jim's uh, farewell correspondent for the Niamh. Mate, night. you've These always are... been the
1: progress correspondent. <laughs> no, that's always been the case. God,
2: I've been neglecting my duties for the last <laughs> but... one. No, like you
1: a certainly safari. showed it's like... your disdain for that particular <laughs> set of correspondence duties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just you've want not to been you, shy.
0: It would be like me going to Sendai or JP, walking around Kirkdale. It's like a safari. I just, I just want to hear your report yeah. of uh, the Social anthropology. The... <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, that's, that's a great way to put it. Well, uh,
1: which we actually spoke about this on the incredibly lo- long drive back, with, mm. we'll try and, the back of our minds. But we spoke about this in detail about going and kind of looking at it as how are the crowd going to react to it? What's the kind of overall atmosphere going to be? And mm. from that kind of point of view, that's somewhat distant because let's be honest, we're not re- invested in the product at all. From that kind of point of view, it's, it's interesting to see what they do. Whether they lay any hints what a future direction will be. We've all said it as well about whether or not they go after Chapter 100, whether it is the complete rebrand, because it's needed it for, Mm. what, since for at least 18 months.
2: Well, I was there for Ric Flair's farewell at WrestleMania 24. (laughs) I was there for Shawn Michaels' farewell at WrestleMania 26. (laughs) And now I'll be there for Jim Smallman's farewell, and I'm sure it'll be just as emotional. Buyer, yeah.
1: (laughs) You know what? We have a name for this. No, that's that sounds sounds like a real nasty thing to say, doesn't
2: it? To those six hundred and ninety-nine friends in the ballroom, I discount myself
3: (laughs) from that. (laughs) I'm
2: sure this will be more emotional for them than Ric Flair's was for sixty thousand in Florida that night. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, on the like the other thing, just to take it back to what you said before, JP. The other thing I kind of, the one thing we've noticed, obviously the WWE kind of influence on progress and the bleed we mentioned daily. You know, I will. I will mm. hold our hands up and say we were one of the first, and we got a lot of grief for it. People to kind of say that yeah. see, that was kind of the way the the winds were blowing, or what was probably going to happen when you when you get into bed with WWE. I mean, thing I would say though is they are they're still making money. Maybe that's why Briley sticks around while Glenn Joseph uh, keeps it going. Uh, it seems at mm-hmm. least that from the outside, obviously they've they've stepped up the gas quite a bit. You know, the, gone are the days where you know we need a bigger room every year. Gone are the days of oh, I know they're doing. Where are they this month, France and Canada? Canada, but as far as you know big US yeah. long yeah. tours like they did last year those days are kind of over as far as finding new areas of Britain to go and run properly rather than just you know we'll go to Manchester once or twice a year now rather than the, the four or five times they were in previous years they, they, they've clearly stepped back a lot um, so I don't know whether we should expect you know much uh, come next year whether you know even if they do rebrand it does just feel like progress is, is starting to peter out and that kind of ties to kind of what my, but the whole overall point is with all, again, with all this Brit is dead stuff is just like, Progress is quite clearly the number one promotion in the UK. I mean, no matter Mm. how we, you know, haven't loved all the shows. I think I've been higher a little bit than you guys recently, but still not that high. Still lots and lots to pick out and and rip into with Progress this last year or so. Um, They are still the biggest promotion in this country. You know, no one else is doing what they do, you know, whether it's the six to seven hundred fans in uh, in Camden, or they can come to Manchester on a women and, and draw that many, they can go to new areas and draw that many. If you talk to U.S. fans of Brit Res, they're gonna talk to you about progress. They're unlikely to talk to you about anyone else except for maybe the odd Rev Pro fan, but not that many of them. But progress are kind of at the, I think, at the very top of the pyramid. You know, with your likes a Rev Pro, O T T. You know, if you count them, uh, maybe I C W. You know, Fight Club Pro, maybe a notch below that. They're kind of the, the top level, aren't they? The British Indies, and again. When we say Brit Rez is dead, I mean, I've got to laugh at the likes of... You know, Dan Maloney comes out on Twitter and it's like, well, you know, I'm getting booked in Rev Pro and I'm, I've got a, a full pack weekend next weekend. So how is Brit Rez dead? And it's like, well, if Dan fucking Maloney is getting these prominent bookings, then maybe maybe that's all the proof I need <laughs> to say Brit Rez is dead. Um, and you got people coming out making, you know, no shots at anyone individually, but, you know, people making lists of all these. Brit Rez, you know, like... Um, you know, these Brit Res mid-carders that are out there, you know, like the the, mm. the famous list that Scroobius Pitt made of uh, of the likes <laughs> of you know, Body Guy and Moser are around. So, you know, we're going to be okay. And people are making versions of that list today and are quick to point out, yeah, but go support your local indie. And it's like, I think you're missing the point here because that is the point. The point is, you know, RevFro, Progress... Even OTT, but I think that's a separate thing in Ireland with the venues. But, you know, Fight Club Pro, even the top level of the British Indies, they were things that, and you've said this a million times, Joe, that, you know, you'd show... If your American friend said, what should they be watching, that's what you'd be pointing at. This mm. It was wrestling of a quality over the last three years, four years even. Of that you would recommend people to watch and you could maybe it wouldn't be the absolute best wrestler in the world but you could put it up there with some of the best wrestler in the world and you wouldn't be you know embarrassed to recommend it the eyes of the world were on it and yet there might be local local and, and the, the key word there is local indies drawing a couple hundred people or even in some cases you know drawing upwards of five six seven hundred people and and even higher in that town that they run but as far as promotions that have the world's eyes on them, I don't think we've been in a weaker situation in the last four years. I don't think anybody's firing on all cylinders, and I do think the as much as you know, it's it's an easy place to go. You know, I think Defiant shutting down is because mainly because they lost the YouTube venue. Maybe not so much NXT UK, but I do think NXT UK is the easy way to go. We are finally seeing the effects of NXT UK picking, you know, and hoarding wrestlers from over here, and you know, obviously New Japan pulled. You know, Will Osprey, AEW have pulled Jimmy Havoc. They're the two probably the two biggest drawers in progress history. Uh, Zack Saber going to New Japan. Just kind of the fruit we're seeing the the effects now finally of so many years. Of, oh, we, but we've got all these mid cards you can step up. And the reality is, while well, we've got a lot of good talent, and we've still got some stars. We've lost so many stars from that top level. We've lost the likes of, of Tyler Bate, who apparently is still still a professional wrestler. Pete Dorn, Walter, you know, and, and there's got this news as well that came out this weekend of of those guys allegedly again not being able to work VOD, um, pr- pr- you know, as far as being appearing on promotions VOD. Even Voices of Wrestling reported this, maybe including Progress. When I say Brit Rez is dead, it's it, it's that it's it's that cream of the crop talent. That have all been scooped up, rightly or wrong, by all the promotions that we've lost, and it's for me those top promotions show that that just aren't what they were, even you know a year ago, and especially two years ago. Um, and it just all of these things together for me just make it, just make it really, really obvious something that's kind of been on the back of all our brains for at least the last year that yeah the uh, the Brit Res Boom period's over.
2: Yeah, I think so. And I think we kind of accepted that um, sort of early doors. I think we were prepared for it, if anything. And I think it was two years ago that we first started saying that progress really were in a bad place. And, yeah, I think they have been for the past two years. I think they just haven't been hot for the past two years. But also, I think, um, and no disrespect to say when you mentioned Dan Maloney, Benno, I think he is a talent that is improving all the time and i've really enjoyed him the last couple of times i've seen him on live shows and good on him but yeah he's kind of appearing a bit tone deaf there and isn't really thinking about the the situation as a whole he's thinking about his own bookings (laughs) yeah but i think what you can say is yeah the top level kind of indies that have the buzz on them Mm. in the uk but they did even two years ago, eighteen months ago. Okay, there have been issues of each of them. Um, people aren't reaching out and watching them as much. I think that's a natural life cycle as well. Mm. But you could also, but what you can say is that the British Indies, especially at lower level, are healthy. There is mm. there's a healthy number of solid promotions for guys to go work and improve improve their skill and improve their craft and work on that and also there are a lot of wrestlers around there are a lot more wrestlers around in the uk right now than there were say 10 years ago okay mm. so but there're also a lot more promotions for them to work in as well and you know we've seen i saw a regional indie promotion this weekend and there were some really good young talent on that indie and i hope that they carry on working in those local on those local scenes and improving and maybe there might be another boom period at some point someone else might come along We'll see what happens of AEW. We'll see what happens of NXT UK, and maybe someone else will rise up at some point. Who knows? But yeah, I think everything you said there, Benno, was pretty much spot on. Mm. If anything,
0: yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, I think I, I wouldn't. I mean, JP, I wouldn't doubt that either. That you know there are those smaller level indies. That, I mean, you know, I wouldn't want them to hit the wall either. And you know, I would say. One thing you kinda of said over this weekend, Joe, is like, you know, any any hot kind of underground scene, whether it's in music or wrestling, there's always an expiry date, isn't there? So it's always gonna Absolutely. it's always gonna happen at some mm-hmm. point. But I don't know, JP, for me I kinda of think if the top level indies and the ones that drive the buzz are starting to hit a wall whether there will be that i don't know do you think there will be that trickle down effect for those reliable indies that are still running? you know every weekend and are still drawing you know whether it be family crowds or you know something of an underground Mm. buzz kind of crowd
1: i think the the small promotions that that, like the ones we've been to this weekend i think like normally at the end of these life cycles it's like there's not really much of a sort of infrastructure underneath and it feels like there's one there for
2: this yeah i'm going to be able to
1: kind of cope with this yep. so there are a lot of decent promotions doing really good things for them to go to and the younger talent that are there the issue really lies in and we, you know always going back to nxt uk is that the thing that would bring them on um is being able to work with those kind of experienced top i mean how much um we saw a guy called luke J. was it luke jacobs this weekend he's just turned 18 like, hmm. ridiculous Shape and size on him. If he's able to like work matches on a regular basis, if he was able to work with a Tyler Bate or a Pete Dunne, I know that's going for the sort of top of those British stars. If are able to do that, they'll be able to progress that bit more. So I think that is going to sort of stunt the growth for a little while. Nat, the naturally really good ones will come out and they'll get that buzz to them. The thing that's really dangerous is that if any of them get a buzz, they're going to end up being signed up so soon mm. that it kind of cuts. It can. It feels like it, a lot of stuff gets cut off at the knees. Mm. And WWE are a spiteful promotion at the end of the day. They targeted two promotions at the start. One was Defiant, which there was always very serious reservations of that business model, the amount they were spending when they were what culture, and even through Defiant as well. And, yeah. uh, you know, Defiant was a better product. But ultimately they were one of the ones that were targeted, and the other one's Rev Pro. And in terms of their talent base, they've been absolutely pillaged as much as possible. So it kind of feel, and between that and frankly, a, a general sense of staleness have been really bad things for them. There's been some, so I think that's where we, we kind of are, there's enough of a, a sort of level to go back to, but The idea that that the mid-carders are going to become main eventers, no, there's a reason it takes a degree of time Mm. and it takes a lot of patience and that means that the kind of heat is going to go away. But I also think there's a lot more wrestling fans around who are willing to support these indies as well as being these levels of indies.
2: Mm. I think there's a demand from... That fan base as well, but they still they discovered
1: play, independent wrestling and they know that it's a good giggle. And it's a really, we paid 12 quid and this that future
2: shock, is cheap as anything. Yeah, and you oh. said about progress, not running, say, in uh, uh, Manchester as much. Benno, there's still a big scene up there, there's still demand for people to want to go, and I think. If new, if sort of smaller level indies could put little spins on the stuff they're doing, like the show we, the future show we went to this week, had like a craft beer tie-in. Mm. I think doing little things like that, that's attractive. They're sort of understanding the demands of that audience, top people go along as well. I think if there is that demand, there is that kind of, um, I don't know, that want to go and see live wrestling still, mm. Mm. and I think. While that's there, these smaller Indies, yeah, they'll survive, and I think they'll carry on, like JP said.
1: If you I don't know if you guys would agree with this, it also feels as well what Britain thinks about wrestling has substantially changed throughout this boom. That might be one of the big key takeaway points. It is kind of, and I know we're probably not going to go into the whole sort of unionisation stuff today, but there are some important sort of changes of how wrestling is starting to be viewed and I think the idea of of going along to watch wrestling feels it feels more like going along to the theatre and anything else at any point, that it's, it's that kind of desirable night out. Going to a gig. Going to a gig. It yeah. has that appeal now at that point, and I think that means that the really small gigs are always going to be there, in the same way that independent music is always going to kind of be there as well. But, yeah, it. it I don't know at this point if anyone... and the wwe influence has at this stage overall as a fan repeat as a fan i'm allowed to view it that way Mm
0: -hmm. um
1: it's been bad yeah it's been really fucking bad jp you're
0: you're 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 allowed to be happy that people are getting jobs and also look at the wider effect of of of, of kind of what it has on your enjoyment as a fan and as you know losing a defiance and you know progress kind of going down the tubes and RevPro not being as good as it was in in creating new fans like us. You can worry about all Mm. those things. But, you know... And also be happy that you know that the wrestlers do get jobs yeah. as well. And you can also, as you will always say, JP, read a fucking history book, and you can uh, see yeah. what WWE yeah. are doing with the whole. I mean, it's boy cried wolf at this point with the VOD restrictions. But if they, yeah. if they are going back to that, you know, there's potential rumor of you know NXT UK is back down to forty five minutes now. and It's not an hour anymore. Maybe that maybe there's a TV show coming. Maybe that's the reason they're doing it. But still, you know, you can see, you know, there's a reason why they do things like this. And if you read. I wonder, that, You'll know it. I wonder if
1: NXT UK will be on Thursday nights on BT Sport when the replay of AEW is on. <laughs> Just a coincidence, they've planned it for years years. <laughs> even when into the Sky deal, they'd had it planned. That's it. Thursday
2: night on BT Sport... No one will watch that, because if you're watching BT, you're going to be watching Europa League that night.
1: I will be watching Europa yeah. League that night. Is there a BT so, Sport
2: 4? Maybe
0: put it on that. I know there's two. There's well, they've, got th-
2: they've got three channels, yeah. and when they're... Uh, so, hold on, who have we got in the Europa League next season? We've got Arsenal in the Europa League. Yeah, Wolves. Um, we got Wolves in the Europa League. Yeah, and, and you. Did you not? Yeah, you know, I did get Europa yeah. League, didn't they? Um, so, that's three sides. Mm. So, those Man three sides... It's gonna get- yeah, but they, all those three games are going to be on 1, 2, and 3 at the same time. So, where the maybe space is... Maybe after
1: that, is, depending if AEW's on at 10.
2: Well, they have a load a, a mm. load of analysis after every game on BT, don't they? So, yeah, maybe they'll fit it in at 10 o'clock, but mm. nah, no one's going to watch that shite on a BT sport. I've got BT sport. I'm not going to watch it. No, fuck that. Look, that, that lot, and we said it two years ago, they're a cancer, mm. and cancer sometimes... Fucking spreads and they've spread that cancer yeah. across the UK. And at the end of the day, yeah, there are lots of factors that play a part in what's gone on here. But it's that lot at the end of the day.
1: It's not to say that these British independent companies have been perfect, but you're in there with like the worst of the carnivores who are mm. just gonna wants to eat up everything at, at every various point. It's whether or not are you gonna do okay out of the deal enough to sort of go yeah, I've done all right. I've paid off my house for whatever. Yeah. Then, then at that stage, it's fine. And like you said about it before, I hate the, I hate the idea of binary choices. You've mm. heard my views on Brexit before. It's fucking awful. It never understands the complications. The idea of it is like, oh, well, if WWE weren't this, you'd be, you know, these guys wouldn't be making anything at all. It's like, no, some of them would be making, hopefully a bit decent living in Japan and being able to work a bit more over there or, or for AEW at this point. But, you know, it, it, the idea that you you can say, yeah, it's good for the wrestlers. It's been good for the wrestlers in terms of making money. But as a fan, it's been bloody awful. Mm. We could end up theoretically in a situation where some of these companies we're talking about two years time could easily be dead. Mm. Easily be dead. Either they've been bought up by them or they're just not able to run at a cost
2: anymore. And whose fault will it have been? Mm. The whole global localization stuff as well. Sort of reminds me of sort of Amazon, sort of in a way. Like Triple H is kind of like the Jeff Bezos, yeah, with his approach to the global localization and wanting to be um, have that sort of market mm. share in sort of every place where what they do exists. Killed bookstores, in some way. then it killed
1: the high street. And-
2: uh, yeah, but look at the job creation, mate. And look at those really well-paid jobs where you're monitored with all the items that you collect an hour, and you're not at a piss break during your.
1: John Oliver did a bit on it.
2: Well, recently
1: he did a bit on that as well sorry i always bring up john okay. i'll a watch it. it's amazing
2: when did he do a bit on amazon
1: uh, about two weeks ago
2: i'll have a watch yeah. Uh, yeah but it just sort of reminds me of that whole mindset and mm. the legacy of what you want to achieve and triple h isn't getting vince's job anytime soon it seems so he's almost creating his legacy as uh what, whatever his role is c ceo yeah yeah in a different way at this point in time and this is part of it and you know what I hope it fucking fails, and I hope NXT UK is gone sometime soon. I hope there's a bit of a lull, and I hope maybe in five, ten years' time we get another boom period.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. And it's- yeah, it's probably going to take that amount of time for us to figure out exactly what the effects are on all this, on the Brit scenes in general. Yeah, exactly what even happens with NXT UK if it if it ever is, is a thing. But uh, anything more on on all that stuff, or do you want to talk our our big weekender?
1: Let's get into the big weekender.
0: All right, let's do it. JP, you came to Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite thing ever is on the, on the Thursday when you arrived. Joe, you didn't come till the Friday. Uh, I was trying to track you down, JP, to meet you in town. Where were you, JP?
1: <laughs> Where you saw me? Well, early I'd arrived in. I'd met Gareth in the in the Wetherspoons at Liverpool Lyme Street. Surprisingly decent one. And three pints from there, which was a a worry at that stage because it was like half past four by that point and then walking down there, Tony Adams form that it really was Tony Adams form. the nice day that was the problem but as I was walking down Gareth had to do a bit of work stuff and I saw I was I was all very all ready to go to Baltic market to me you and the the trendy hot spot the hipster part of Liverpool (laughs) but had to had to pop into this cavernous Irish pub just for a cheeky pint and basically watch uh some of the ashes which at that point was day two so it was some good shit going on oh. yeah rory burns at a ton it was yeah
0: <laughs> it was just great you're like i was like where are you jp yeah i've nipped into an irish pub to watch a bit of the ashes like if that's not jp in liverpool i mean how did they... i'm on brand <laughs> you hated the irish pub in blackpool jp how did this one uh, fit for you <laughs> this is the irish pub in the uh, the Baltimore market it was better than that one that was
1: just like an irish nightmare that was that was just like hellish um that what it was like being stuck in mrs brown's boys or something like that one in blackpool <laughs> but this this one was it was uh, you'd said to me it was okay it was just sort of empty and yeah. it's enormous there's yeah. like these three like enormous rooms going back Big drug it, served a
3: decent,
1: well. it served a decent it served a decent pint of guinness and you know for the half an hour I was in there. The ashes was pretty good. I'd slowed down by that point. And then I met you for, uh, for, and, uh, and, uh a lot of our friends for, uh, TNT was it TNT Extreme Wrestling? Is that the name of it?
0: That's it, yeah. So we went from uh, Punch Tommy's that you just gave a, gr- a sizzling review to JP to the the Baltic Social. It. We had a we had a, we had a few beers with the uh, with the lads from Grapple, uh, Gareth and Dave, and we uh, we kind yes. of had a had a great little time with my mate Matty Gary Cruy. We kind of uh, went to the we went to the uh, the Peaky Blinders bar as well. Do not know what you made of that, JP? Um, oh, obviously we had some. Do you not good. have your hat on?
1: I didn't that way. It's too hot, isn't it? I can't be wearing that hat at the minute.
3: No, oh,
2: not nah. on brand
1: enough. Though. I'm n- well, I'm not at this but I'm not, I don't want to like pass out. <laughs> I've seen ghettos got them that look like they're quite quite nice and light. I maybe should get one of those. Give a DM. <laughs> <laughs> I called them a cracking Booker before, so maybe you'll reply
0: back. Yeah it just it reminds me of it's the kind of place that yeah. like it is stag do central everyone comes into liverpool now dressed up as peaky blinders characters and goes on the stag do there it's not the uh... unfortunately you didn't see the best of liverpool to be honest as far as bars go on thursday jp because we the tnt after party as well that we somehow wound up in um was in par street studios which is like one of the uh the, it's a famous studio in liverpool i believe uh, i think oasis have recorded there all kinds of bands have recorded there even the spice girls i think uh have recorded there boys oh like they've got like a plaque on the wall of all the different bands that have recorded there and then me and jp are sat there with uh with matty crew and uh, uh gary and gareth uh, and were there sat there watching some old tna on the big screens in there how that place was fallen,
2: mate i was jealous already about missing <laughs> this night i know you just revealed those details which you didn't tell me over the weekend <laughs> the spice girls like i'm well <laughs> jealous <laughs>
0: It's, well, look, I the, didn't realise that at the time. The bit where, we just were thought KP, a, a... where we're actually sitting in the old recording booth—I'll uh, have to bring up the real list of, uh, of who's recorded there in Park Street Studios. What, but yeah, watching
1: um, watching TNA with a small break for Glacier versus Lash LaRue from sort of was it '99 WCW? They had the rebrand come in.
0: This was like it was like a, it was supposed to be an after party, but the only wrestlers I saw there were the Kings of the North. I think JPU yeah. probably the, the the third most famous person there. Um, oh, but in the meantime, they kind of had, <laughs> they just had TNA <laughs> on loop. What match was it? They kept it was a uh, Jeff Hardy and Samoa Joe that just never ever <laughs> ended, went over and over and over again. They, Mate, every I ta- was in the fucking matrix while it was going on. I was like, every I was time, time it restarted, going. Was it like the fucking Iron
1: Man match or something that lasted like 60 minutes? Gee, it just never ended. So I mean, either the video had restarted, it's just like, why is this match still going on? Yeah. And it was, yeah.
2: You should have asked if they had that Kevin Nash-Jeff Jarrett match from 2005 <laughs> that you claimed was I'm on it.
1: Well... I want to say a public thank you to Matty Edwards, who sent me his link for some free uh, um, Impact Plus in the near future. So I'll be going through the Kevin Nash archive
0: <laughs> If I can you.
1: find some time possibly on the way to or from work this week, wow. We've got- that might fulfill a nice bus ride.
0: We got to see some uh, Jerry Linvey, Rob Van Dam, you know, from a uh, Jerry Lynn in his full body suit. I didn't even know they had a match yeah. in TNA. We got to see some of that as well, JP. When they when they finally did switch the match, and I stopped thinking we were just watching uh, endless rematches of uh, of Joe and Jeff Hardy. That was, to be <laughs> honest, I'm doing it down, but that was probably the highlight of the quote unquote after party, uh, apart from yeah. Sir. I'm just looking at the the list now of the the list of artists who've played, who've uh, recorded in Street Studios, Joe uh, Everton Football Club among them, Bjork, Black Sabbath. Uh, who else is there the Clint Boone experience I don't know what that is Formula One I wonder what that is Uh, John Butler would
2: Everton have done their 95 FA Cup song or something
0: probably did because Liverpool are on the list as well obviously the Lightning Seeds on there Uh, New Order do you reckon Jeff Jarrett played there at any point I can't be
1: my baby tonight
0: I can see Roy Chubby Brown but I can't see Jeff Jarrett unfortunately (laughs) there you go I don't know if they want to be publicising that should we do a live podcast there one day so we can get added to the list we can do oh, uh... mate, I'm
2: well up for that, oh, that i'd love to know that i was in the same recorded studio as liverpool's own greatest backing vocalist of all time melanie c that'd be a great <laughs> pleasure there you go
0: it'd be a big one
2: just came into my head. do you imagine jeff jarrett doing Br- baby when you're gone in the brian adams role with mel c that's something i want to see
0: who would play mel c though
2: Mel C and <laughs> Jeff
0: Jarrett. You know what? You can probably get it. I've
2: been be around those busy streets, trying to find somewhere to go. That was my best Jeff Jarrett singing impression. Right, well, I'll if, we stop. Do,
0: if we do the live podcast, you're, you're performing that and you're eating a roast dinner live on stage. That's oh, yeah. That's two things that are <laughs>
2: You can get Mel see it. I'll do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Deal. Uh, but yeah, the after party was fun, wasn't it, JP? But my, yes, you know, the show itself shouldn't get lost in the conversation. No, yeah, we uh, haven't
1: mentioned it so all. Haven't
0: we, we? we we had a good time. Uh, the, the after the after party, we'll we'll maybe talk about later. But yeah, as far as show go, this is your first time uh, coming to see TNT hmm. Extreme Wrestling in Liverpool. I mean, I. I'm a bit of a veteran of their shows now. By not even really by choice, it's just the fact that they're my local promotion. Uh, I've I've maybe slated them a couple of times on this podcast as being a little bit directionless, so being a bit crazy house wrestling, full of bearded dudes in black t shirts and no real identity, unless you count mid nineties ECW cosplayers and identity. Uh, they, I wouldn't say they completely you know cleared my thoughts on that, uh, but it was definitely a better show that I've been to, a more. Varied show that I've ever been to from TNT, and it had one of the, the better matches probably the best match I've seen in TNT in Jody Fleisch and Pack. Uh, maybe, the, yeah. in a little way, the house show version of that match. Maybe if it was somewhere else, they might have gone up another gear, but really enjoyed that. And overall, I thought it was a, a, a good night of wrestling, JP. Oh,
1: it was good fun. I mean, I, no one's going to get analysis from me because we were hitting it pretty hard at this stage. <laughs> it's those cans well. of
0: hooch, JP. Ah. Oh, it's just.
1: Bastard Gary Mason, being him jokes, bloody jokes. every time. I right, no beer. They got
2: hooch. Really, is yeah. that the case? They, well, they had beer, but it was hooch?
0: basically it was Foster's. So Joe, they basically had no beer. I'm sure you would have agreed as well.
2: I'd have stopped drinking at that. Point. You, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: They it, it made up. you Trust me, you got all the good beer action pretty much. That
2: one that of the way, best yeah. weekends of beer ever had. Yeah
1: really what we're going to go in depth on that as well. But as a, cause it was the opener, it was like, oh, okay, this is really hot, really good. Mm. Like you say, it wasn't as, I think I had an expectation that he was going to be a bit more kind of like the EC, uh, ECW cosplay stuff. Mm. And there is that, like you say, there's that little bit about it and the kind of match order was a bit wild as well, because mm. they had that really good Jody Fleisch pack match. And I'm just going to say it again as well. More Jody Fleisch, please. Mm. Oh, just like he's, get- Get him in. I can't think of a promotion... Where he's sh- in Britain, where he shouldn't be
0: there. He's, he's, he's still young enough as well. He's still in his late 30s. I mean, JP, we got to see in real life him get to do the run up moonsault on a wall. I mean, yep. I kind of had to watch it through the back of somebody's head, but I was there live and I got to see it. So I was happy in person. Um oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, there was one little botch there when he tried to do a springboard. To talk, I think he was going for, for the 730 and Pac ended up counting it. But we'll let that go. Other than that, he kind of he kept up yeah. with Pac. Uh, Pac actually did a lot of flying in the match as well for his part that you don't always see from him but yeah it was the match you wanted to be and for jody yeah it was the performance you wanted to be i'd love to see him in more places um he's got a little bit of a rep for canceling bookings and uh and getting off early but i'd love to see him in a in any promotion really
1: i'm not i've I've always been a big jody fleisch fan as many places as possible like him and and him and johnny storm as a tag team Mm. that's one of you know but in terms of the actual talent they had on this show, it was like some really good like talent throughout the card in mm. general. And they were able to do, because obviously they wanted to do the sort of big tag team match as well. And I thought the way they replaced that by getting in Sam Bailey and Sona and which had that kind of Liverpool-Manchester heat to it as well, mm. which kind of picked everyone, oh. everything up. You got to see Zach that was-
0: Gibson as a babyface, JP.
1: Mate, that's weird. It's weird, <laughs> but yeah, it's good. So yeah, seen him. Twi- we saw him twice this weekend, and being the sort of polar opposites of each other. But mm. that kind of local heat as well. It's so easy to draw upon, mm. and it's perfect for sort of Liverpool and Manchester being so relatively close to each other. And they played on it, and, that, and I, for me, that that was really good. I thought the the women's. I'm going through all the matches now. Um, but yeah, the only match I can't comment on at all before I mentioned any of the other ones was the death match which I watched absolutely (laughs) none of
0: you went for a smoke Ricky Shane Page came out so I got a fantastic photo with me and Matty uh, for his match with Mikey Whiplash and I've never seen you run away so quick you disappeared for a smoke no part of it and I didn't see you again until the match was finished Uh, I
2: don't smoke but I'd have
0: joined you. Oh, I re- you know what? I thought as far as live death matches I've seen, it was up there. I really enjoyed it. They did the bamboo in the head spots and there's a barbed wire boards in there. Big juice from Ricky Shane Page. Mikey <laughs> Whiplash was the other guy in the match. Uh, but all that, I really enjoyed that. I've got, although I know he's shit, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Ricky Shane Page. You haven't though, JP? I
1: haven't. I think at this stage, I might've been messaging my sister talking
0: transfer gossip. <laughs> At this point as well. You'll never be the deathmatch correspondent uh, no. for, for Grapple Spotlight.
2: No, I thought that was a role you had. He's I,
0: giving it up. Okay,
2: so that I'll one got over to you,
0: Ben. Yeah, I think okay. that's You'll take now. it on. I can stomach it.
1: You, you no. can go to Delaware. <laughs> well, I like, think get the Patreon up.
0: TNT kind of have this deathmatch division. There was a four-way last show with uh, Jimmy Havoc was in there and... What's his name? The uh, the Scottish bloke and on uh, the one who, the one who's into his BDSM. What's his name?
1: Jack Jester. Jack
0: Jester. Yeah, and he was in there. And Drew, uh, Drew Parker as Too well. Too quick
1: on the answer there. Sorry.
0: <laughs> I think if you're going to do an extreme promotion, because that is in the name, you've kind of got to do it. Um, I, don't, I don't mind. Uh, I think this is this is as you know, Ricky Shane Page. As much as we'll give him shit as far as doing that style, you know, he, he's he's definitely more than competent. Um,
1: it's. N- it's not for me. Oh, oh. It's as simple as that. You didn't but, get a photo with him,
0: JP. I was hoping you get a selfie with him, like I did.
1: I wouldn't have been. I'd have been feeling like puking if he'd like bleeding onto me from that <laughs> head.
2: I wouldn't want to get near him. I
0: thought it it it'd ruin.
1: it ruined my Willie Mac T-shirt as well, and I'm, I'm not having that. Imagine He's an I'm annoyed.
2: T- Annoying
3: bastard, that bloke. I wouldn't
0: go near really. <laughs> I bet you have to clean up the venue afterwards. They must be like, why, why are the puddles of blood everywhere across the floor? Oh, yeah, because Ricky Jane Page was wandering around. To be honest, though, JP, that would be the worst thing because like, they they, uh, during that pack match when they were in the crowd, the promoter seemed to be getting pretty nervous they were going to take the venue from them um, as they brawled through the crowd. I don't know if he was uh, trying Ooh. to work us or what, but yeah hangar 34 the venue the tetsujin ran in it's the first time tnt have ran there actually it is a it was a better venue for this wasn't it than the uh the grapple style and the tetsujin uh, where we spent most of our review talking about the toilets because we couldn't see shit um a good yeah. thing for tnt is hopefully they don't, they don't lose the uh, i'm sure they won't i'm sure they knew what they were in for over these little things but no i enjoyed the match i mean did you have any other highlights jp were you glad to see your boy scotty davis
1: I, I was actually. That, that was like a pleasantly fun... I mean, there's a lot more they could do with it, but the fact mm. that they um, that you didn't know who was going to be in there with uh, ELP and they yeah. had uh, Michael Oka and Scotty Davis come out and have a three-way, mm. which a was... A replacement for Flip was, Gordon. Yeah, that was his replacement for Flip Gordon, which was, it was what, about 10 minutes. It was really good. Fantasmo kind of carries... Him. We were oh, saying this God. at the time, he carries himself like a proper if you, star.
0: If you had this match two years ago, JP, or a year, say a yeah. year ago even... Like, El Fantasma would have been, like Scotty and, uh, and Michael Oku, just, you know, another guy in this match. Whereas, instead, we kind of got him in there as, like, the star of the match. He was so clearly, like, another level. As much, I like Scotty Davis, and I really like Michael Oku, but he was a couple of levels above as far as star power and as far as carrying himself as a star and as far as being the focus of the match, both in his, his heel promo before and during the match. I thought he was absolutely great in this thing.
1: Oh, he was, he was really, he was, it was really, he was really good. And it was, it was kind of like you say, like the sort of house show version of what this match would mean in, in other places, but it was, it was really good to see. And I, I enjoyed that. The, I thought that the, the six, um the women's trios match mm. was really good fun just because it was a wild brawl that happened in front of us. And Dave, um, Dave from grapple, mm. he was there, he was having a nice pint. We're having a conversation, all of a sudden, all six of them just burst through the doors, brawling, and just took him out entirely.
0: <laughs> That's a highlight, poor Dave, of, uh, of opposing the uh, developer for Grapple. Uh, yeah, yes. uh, he, he took a bit of a spill, didn't
1: he? Um... He, he, he did. He took, he took a fair old spill on that one. Um, <laughs> but I thought it, it was good fun, and it was, you know, I didn't understand the angle or mm-hmm really what happened, but I thought it was just like a kind of a wild brawl. Mm. And like you say about the sort of match order, it was the one that followed the Jody Fleisch pack, but it was also just before the Mikey Whiplash, Rick, Ricky Shane page. Mm. Um, I suppose, I know you going to say, the one disappointment I had was, the, was actually the main event.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I heard all you guys saying that. I moved a little bit closer so I don't know if it's just just me. Uh, I enjoyed Plus, it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Vicky Haskins was great in a role. Uh, <laughs> I'll always say that. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought... Uh, the finish was terrible. Like, you don't want to... Maybe that sullies no matter yeah, what you're doing. Like, it, it did. It was, it was Mark Haskins and David Starr for the TNT title, and there were lots of shenanigans, lots of ha- Vicky Haskins interference, lots of kind of near falls. And ba- it was very Attitude-era over what main event, which for me kind of fits this daft TNT Extreme Wrestling style, so I can take it. But yeah, the finish, shape wasn't it like Vicky was going to hit David Starr over the head with a, with a bat? While Haskins had him in the sharpshooter, so the ref kind of took sympathy on David Starr and called the DQ. I mean, I've heard the creative finishes, but that was yeah, that was a bit tough to take after a night of varied but overall good wrestling.
1: Yeah, and to be honest with you, it's not like I suppose I was invested necessarily in the stakes of the match, mm. so it was like for me, yeah, the the, the ending was a was a disappointment, but. I mean, God, it was, a, it was a perfectly good fun night out, fun night of wrestling. Um, yeah, if you like your death match as well, they got a bit of that, but that's not for me. Yeah, that's it. Uh,
0: but, yeah, we had a good time. Went to the after-party. Yep. Uh, went to the after-after party. Had a good chat with your <laughs> mate Dave, JP. I don't know much we can say on the podcast. Uh, I don't think about... we can
1: say anything on this one, but, it, yeah.
0: Yeah, had a good chat about his dogs with him, didn't you, JP? Um, JP. <laughs> his cats the cats sorry sorry. He's what so were the other names JP
1: and um, and how the Republican and how the Democratic debates went <laughs> uh, one of them's called Marvel uh, that's all I know
0: <laughs> yeah David Starr has now replaced Jonathan Gresham and Matt Riddle on JP's list uh, Joe um, you should have seen him he was in top four I've seen it mate <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
2: there's dude. there's not a lot that I've not seen him do to be honest <laughs> I get this every day, mate. You get it once every now and then. Don't oh,
0: worry, it's always the truth. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, Joe, you Joe, after that Friday night, uh, JP, you slept, slept off your hangover in my house while I went to work like a fucking idiot. Uh, got on about four, didn't we? Something like that. That was a uh, that was a mistake. Uh, Too but, much, yeah, yeah. But next day, Joe arrived uh, fr- Friday night, and uh, Joe, you arrived from Scotland. We went to Lucha Libre in Liverpool. Had some gr- some solid Mexican food. Went to Ship and Mitre, you got to see some county roads. Mm. Good night.
2: Yeah, what a pub the Ship and Mitre was as well. That's mm. that's uh the... favourite pub in the world, I would say. What a what a pub. Good good few pints of vice beer, excellent selection in there, great atmosphere as well. Like if if we're coming back to Liverpool at any point, we're going to the Ship and Mitre. That's all I'll say to that.
0: The, the Ship and Mitre, the home of Joe's beer corner. I think it's only fair.
1: I, I think that's the that's that's the spiritual certainly the the spiritual home of Joe's Beer Corner.
2: Yeah, I that? think that's one Joe's Beer Corner forever. Oh. <laughs> that's Joe's Beer Heaven. Yeah,
0: I, I, said, yeah. I said that yeah. on the Grabs and Claps podcast, but uh, we all appeared on uh, this weekend. But yeah, for me, it was it was the place I fell in love with, kind of uh, foreign beer <laughs> and craft beer and. You know, it was the first place among a shitty bunch of pubs in Liverpool city centre fifteen years ago, where it was just pure carling and fosters everywhere that I went to. And I was like, "Oh, what's this German stuff?" And it's still going now, and it's still the best. So yeah, you know, advertising for the show. Uh, what's uh, what's Andy Ogden's pub of the year? The Crown and Kettle? I feel like the grapple spotlight pub of the year is the ship and mitre, so uh, we'll uh, throw a recommendation in for there if anyone ever comes to Liverpool. But speaking of Andy Ogden, we picked him up the morning after. We had a a quick breakfast in uh, in Weatherspoon's. JP. Um, Fry up. Joe didn't partake, unfortunately. Uh, But we grabbed Andy Ogden. We grabbed Grapple Gareth uh, and we headed towards Prenton Park. And we we did it, guys. We did the ferry across the Mersey. Joe, was it everything you were hoping for?
2: I'd been in it in 1996, remember, mate? <laughs> um, yeah. But it was it was much busier than who I remembered in 1996. I remember it was pretty empty back then, and I remember him playing the entirety of Ferry Across the Mersey mm. when we were on the uh, ferry. But this time they played it. They played it a couple of times, didn't they?
3: Mm. Yeah. Um,
2: but they played like the start of it a couple of times as people got on, but. I had a crack inside. time. Nice little time on a boat, looking out at looking out at Liverpool, looking out at Birkenhead, looking out at the docks.
0: Mm. I think
2: JP thoroughly enjoyed his time with the uh, ferry across the Mersey as well, didn't you?
1: It was all right, but they didn't play the song enough. Mm. That was one of the things that really like. I, I think
0: I've been. Led what you really hoping the for, deal. wasn't it? it? Instead, you get like touristy announcements of uh, to your right is you know the Liver Building and things like that. You don't get. Yeah, it's it, it, it's funny the difference because if you take the ferry across the Mersey on like a weekday. It's, uh, it's very much a commuter boat for people across on mm. the world, so it just goes back and forth in, as people in miserable silence kind of wait for their impending doom. And then on a weekend, it becomes a bit of a tourist boat, uh, hence the jump in price and yet the uh, the tannoy announcements. Uh, but yeah, for me, they should just play that song on loop all the way through.
1: They should, to the point where it'd be driving you mad. <laughs> like... It's- so you, you That's haven't... what
2: I remember from when I was a nine-year-old. Really? I think we must have got on it on a weekday as well. And it was like in the middle of a day on a weekday, I remember. Just yeah. playing on a loop. From what I remember,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Mm.
0: But yeah, we, we did that. I'm glad to say we ticked it off the list. It was a bit yeah. of a walk to, to a path from there, up the, the world's biggest hill. Uh, I don't know what you oh. guys thought of the whirl, um, but I can't imagine you'll be you'll be hoping to head back there. It I honestly thought we'd find a pub on the way. We found a, a shitty one. Was it called the Beehive? Something like that. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was very much a match day pub, wasn't it? Um, but
1: they were right. They told us what were the quickest way to get to the ground was.
0: There you go. Yeah, we we got yeah. there, and the the ground. You know, we is it, a uh, it's a it's now a. The, as far as uh, you know, go. It's a it's a League One ground, but I was kind of at home because it felt very Goodison, uh, which is kind of <laughs> embarrassing to say. Uh, but I don't think the Goodison uh, Goodison is uh, much ahead in looks Forreston. old, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. As as the quality stakes go. Uh, hopefully, audio ground will uh, will get that sooner rather than later. But yeah, we headed into Prenton Park with Andy Ogden, who we made sit in the home end with us. Uh, to watch uh, Marina his beloved Rochdale, and as at the top of the show for an idea that literally was just because well Jeff Jarrett went to uh, to Tranmere, so we should go to Tranmere as well. Uh, it turned into like one of the highlights of the weekend. I would say what a fucking match that was. Uh,
2: yeah, it was an excellent match. It's just ridiculous, isn't it, that getting Jeff Jarrett to do some weird PR for Tranmere. <laughs> Ended up with four people, yeah. uh, and he might have gone certainly away in but four others who would never have otherwise considered going to a Tranmere match. Mm. end along to Tranmere as part of an elaborate in-joke. <laughs> and we all had a crack inside. Yeah,
1: absolutely cool. great. I want to do it again. <laughs>
2: I'd be up for doing it again, yeah, yeah. definitely. It's
1: yeah. a really tight, like you say, it's a really tidy little ground as Good well. Good atmosphere as Good well. Good atmosphere. has mm. got like eight and a half thousand there. I was like really surprised. I mean, it was a bit of a cavernous stand, the one we were in. It was quite... Quite high up, but hmm. it was like
0: so it's only yeah. the only place we'd get a seat, wasn't it? We were in the car. Uh, we had to go all the way to yeah. the back. Uh, just to, it's you were there. telling me to look
1: at all the angry scallies down below. You hang on,
0: scousers. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, oh, right. You mean the ones downstairs who got arrested? Okay, I'll let you have it with. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, the one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apologies to Lee McIntyre, That's not a uh, a representation oh, no, of the fine I... Tramia folk, but there was there was some uh, some trouble downstairs, wasn't that? And in the match itself.
1: Yeah, well, there was. I mean, I'll say this about Rochdale's keeper. He's good box office.
2: (laughs) Oh, he's going to be good
1: value.
2: He is. He's going to be a Boobacar Barry. Do you know who he is? He used to be the Ivory Coast keeper. He was an absolute clown, he was. Yeah. (laughs) Or a bit of Horelio Gomez about him, possibly, as well. Yeah. yeah, Manuel Almunia. Different, different, but yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. But it was... um, there was, I have to say as well, some of the stuff Rochdale were playing in that game, Joe talked about it earlier on, two of the Rochdale goals were absolute
2: fucking belters. One of them was like Figo's goal at the Bernabeu against Man United in like what, mm. 2000, and what 2000, 2001 maybe, Fabian mm. Bartes was in goal, a mm. ridiculous goal, just lofted nicely at a tight angle, edge of the box. Over the keeper's head, and then one was like a 15 pass move or something. They finished yeah. Up with it. Mm. Yeah. Mental
1: that points. one I missed, I ended up having to see the next day on Quest or whatever. So I was going up those steps, and by God, I wasn't going to like turn around because if you fell down those, you'd know <laughs> about it.
0: Yeah, it's a problem with these old grounds. But yeah, it was like. Yeah. It was genuinely a good match. Like, I'm, you know, for me, yeah. I, I was kind of just going for Time scored
1: and... two in the last three minutes, oh, was it?
0: That's it. Got, got, a, got a sending off. We got a bit of a fight. Uh, like... Andy was right on the edge of his chair as well. But I was happy for him that we, one, we got to see the drama and the near falls. It was like a big high spot yeah. match. But two, you know, the right result happened and uh, and uh, Andy Ogden went home happy with us. Uh, so it all worked out. It was yet. a
1: well booked match. It was. It was. It really was. It was like. <laughs> I don't know, we would talk a lot about Riptide using their parts really well. It felt that Rochdale and Tranmere managed to do that and had some good chemistry, considering mm. it would have been a first time, not having met
2: for a long time. Yeah. But like a good G one match, yeah, like the the undercard uh, act coming up from League Two to League One, yeah, it gets trampled on for the entire match. Gets a few good little near falls in there at yeah. the end. Goes close. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're going to get there next time, possibly. Watch out for trend Rochdale. Hints LA. a
1: heel turn with the referee and the sending off. You know, he had he had kind of everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Solid four stars on grapple, I'd say. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was a lot of fun. We we headed back to Liverpool, went to the Ship of Mitre again, and then headed back to Garretts And, uh, lads, we watched <sighs> London Rampage. I mean... There was a review of this, uh, Grapples and Clapples on on the Grapples and Claps feed. uh, Disappeared, though, mysteriously within 24 hours, because basically it was 45 minutes of us pissed and rambling about the first 20 minutes of the film. Uh, Yeah, it's probably for for the best that thing's lost. Um, But yeah, London Rampage, JP, you set us up for it, you told us what it was last week, and then honestly, it was probably 10 times worse than you could ever have described to us. (laughs) Uh, was it really because i didn't want to say a
1: thing about i just stopped it was the (laughs) opening credits or this sort of pre-credits montage sequence with greg borage with greg borage fights. it's like they went through what appeared to be a good hour of plot in about two and a half minutes Mm. explaining about this estate well by estate i mean the Few flats around the back of the resistance gallery in the Dundee <laughs> Arts.
0: It really was. It was just like, it, it if, was. if anyone has, isn't aware of it or did listen to us last week, London Rampage is a Greg Burridge directed film, and every piece of a, a Greg Burridge directed film features Jimmy Havish, Will Osprey, Paul Robinson, the okay half of the yep. London riots. Um, Tiny Iron, Valhalla, Rob Lynch, and yeah, the. Oh, I thought iron. Rob Lynch was in it. Oh, he was. <laughs> he was one of the uh the, the tough tough guys in the one of the gang. To be honest, think like everyone. There was in the multiple
1: was... <laughs> big blokes stood there around during this one. There was
2: that Gandhi looking fella as well, wasn't there at one point? The one who, <laughs> he said it looked like Ben ben Kingsley with uh, Jean Reno's glasses in Leon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: If it sounds like we're all over the place with this. It, The film's all... There's not not really a story to break down, is there? There's not really... It's just the film is a series of really bad scenes with really bad music, with occasionally okay, but mainly really bad action fights with... Basically, wrestler matches with Osprey and Robertson doing the uh, the Essex or oh, what's the um or oh, the Robertson special? I think that appears in the film yep. a couple of times. Osprey came off the top with a, I think a six thirty at one point. Uh, they actually had a fight in a in a wrestling ring in the film. It was. Yeah. yeah, the
1: Resistance Gallery, which does, I think, forms the bar at one point as well oh, during the film. Is that where I mean, that was? My God, I feel like, I mean, it sounds really bad because it, making a film is an incredibly tough thing. To actually achieve making a film is, in and of itself, really difficult, you would think, if you put in all the planning and the preparation and everything else that goes behind that. And having to get the financing can be really tough and distribution. I did say to Joe during this, as like given our jobs, it's like, would you give this a merit if you if you were marking this?
2: No, no,
1: <laughs> no. There were times, and this is being incredibly critical, where you need someone who knows something about how to compose a shot, mm. get lighting mm. correct, and sounds. There were sound issues. Oh, lighting ashes. was
2: awful. They didn't use they, didn't use they used, used lighting. It just seemed like they turned up on the set and just shot without thinking about what they positioned lights and why they were putting them in certain places for certain reasons. Yeah, there was no thought as to that. Some of the framing was all over the place. I don't think the rule of thirds was something that uh, had occurred to any point either. And on top of that, the acting was (laughs) beyond shocking. It's the (laughs) second worst film I've ever seen. It's on my one star list. What's it
0: behind? Killer bitch. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. I still need to see Killer uh, Bitch. No, ever. Well, that, that's the question with this, though, isn't it? It's like we had different people ask us over the weekend. I think mine and your answer is a different joke because you say people shouldn't see uh, London Rampage. I feel like people should see it for how bad it is, but you need to be I, really pissed.
1: You do. I on like when I said, oh, I've been trying to see if this was on anywhere." And um, friend of the show, Chris Wilson, was like, ha, hey, good one. It's on Amazon Prime." And it's like. Right, well, I really am going to have to see this now. <laughs> I didn't know it was on Amazon Prime. So if you've got Amazon Prime, it's on there. Mm. It's an hour 35 minutes. I would just say yeah, you want to have a, some kind of a session, whatever, you, whatever what, your you, voice is beforehand.
2: You want to watch it in a group of people. Do yes. not watch it alone. Mm. You can be, understand
1: why I didn't want to watch this by way. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: It, it, we got through it because we were in a good group having a good laugh yeah just taking the piss out of it basically but like i said on andy's deleted podcast <laughs> it was an, it was an insult to grapple's hours and an insult of a television of to grapple's Towers that this I, was screened on it
3: it was <laughs> beyond.
1: i think i said to i, I said to uh I said to gareth um that i felt bad that the photos of his family Had to see that film on the TV. (laughs) And we should have perhaps turned them down.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Then you apologised to his two children. Who weren't there. Just the photos, like, sorry. feel Uh, bad. Yeah, that was uh, pretty good. Jimmy Abbott as well in like motocross gear or something. That's what
1: he's called, motocross, his character
0: on the credits. He looked like
2: like he was in like Mad Max or something. (laughs) Like a shit version, like a Mad Max
0: film or something. (laughs) He did. It was a better look than regular Jimmy Havoc, though. I've got to be honest. Like, you know, if you wore that look in AEW, might get over.
2: I, uh, uh, you reckon?
0: <laughs> Probably not. I'm thinking. Yes. <laughs> thinking
1: back on it now, was there a shot? Was that when that fight scene's going on? Is there a point where there's just some people stood in the background taking some photos on their phone? I'm yeah, sure yeah, that yeah, yeah. In that the, was a in thing.
2: that like yeah, um, right. alleyway, but yeah, yeah. You can just see some women yeah. stood there taking pictures of it. Sort of happening.
1: Also, the film just become Bloodsport halfway through without any indication?
2: Bloodsport's a considerably better film than this. wow. Oh, yeah. And you're
1: not a fan of Bloodsport.
2: No, I'm not, not a fan of Bloodsport. Bloodsport is a bad film, but I'm a fan of it. Like, I think it's a bad film, but I'm a fan of it. Compared to this, though, it's... This was just pure but shit. But yeah. My students make s- such better films than this. I'm in some of the student films... I'm a better actor than most of the people in this.
0: Young Will Osprey, you're better than the Young Will Osprey. Paul Robinson, with I'm her. not as
2: talented as him, but I'd hasten to say mm, I'm pretty bad. Like I'd go, go as far as to say I'm awful, but these give an old new meaning to awful. That lead female role, oh my god, it's like subpar Eastender shit that was like. <laughs> they, they could have tried to have a cast like someone who's not getting any work from a soap opera, at least. They would have had a few quid, knock around London for a bit. What about one of the old Slater sisters or something? I'm sure Lynn's probably still somewhere <laughs> looking for work. Little Mo, maybe, while they're at it. But this was ah oh, so bad, so yeah. bad.
0: Well, I'd like to take up better from there, but... We then decided uh. to put Triple Mania on. Uh, <laughs> we actually... There was a point, wasn't it, the night where we thought Triple Mania had started, so we tried to put the stream on. Worked out there was half an hour left, so we finished the last half hour of London Rampage. The things we do for our listeners. Uh, but Bull. yeah, once Triple Mania started, I mean, this was the, the whole plan of the weekend was for you guys to come up and Triple Mania. I don't think we realised it didn't start till 2. And then I don't think we also realised that there was going to be the world's longest battle royal Uh Oh on the show and before we knew it it was getting towards what four or five and there was still like four matches to go. We didn't yep. make it, guys. We had to watch the rest of the morning. Um yeah. I had a fun time watching it with you guys with uh with Matty and uh and Andy and Gareth, but yeah, uh not not a great show, uh although all. maybe a couple of highlights that we, we managed to finally see the the morning after. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's a it, it. will be filling up a fair whack of botchermany, you know, I'd imagine, the next <laughs> time it, it comes out. And with no the, Vampiro the kind of either,
0: because that was another main point. We, we wanted to watch it because we wanted shitty Vampiro commentary, and instead we got a yeah. shitty Vampiro angle. And Matt Stryker just talking up a storm all night, offering people fights in the airport. We uh, did all means-
1: enjoy that bit with Conan. In the mm. battle oh, that,
2: that might have been my favourite bit of the show when Conan just comes strolling We're, out. Wearing
1: a Trump t A very weird, yeah. like, hand-drawn Trump t-shirt. That was strange. That was very, very odd. Mm. And then Vampiro came out. And then I think, did Conan just sort of
2: he just sort of no vampiro just left didn't he yeah he just walked out khan was like hanging out on the like ropes what he, he was sat like, on the top turnbuck chilling out yeah just waiting for the angle to happen he should have lit a cigar while he was at it <laughs> that would have
1: definitely fit his character i kind of was more intrigued to see what you two would sort of make of i suppose the triple a experience for what mm. it is um,
0: you were filling us in it's... with the backstory of all the wrestlers, JP, letting us know all about the uh, the big stars there. I, you know, I wouldn't like... go that far. There was a few more. You
2: were. One. Was I? You knew way more. I knew you would watched this shite. You knew <laughs> way more, but I thought you were going to know about like the background and stuff. Like, I didn't have any ideas. It was like you would look into educate us. You're going to outsource some of your correspondence work <laughs> in the future. <laughs> Which ain't happening,
0: <laughs> yeah. No, you're, not, I mean, you're, you're on not your convinced own.
2: Fight lads after this. No, no I will not be watching any more Triple A ever. If I can help it, it's just really,
0: it is a t- we you know what it the is. The Cain
2: Velasquez matches, you'll watch, yeah. but he's, he's wearing I've a mask, so now. it doesn't
0: really. You watch it watching Cain Velasquez, we have to be reminded it's him. Like, I think the masks are really, yeah, kind of a bad oh. idea. Like, I think I can't remember, it was one of you guys who said that, like, that's an idea he's came up with, and no one shut him down like I've just yeah if you've got a big star on your show you want to expose that don't you and the way bright spots through the night like i i really like seeing uh vikingo in there um del vikingo, he was he was a highlight uh, of the first half of the show mm-hmm. archangel DeVito, someone i really like although he didn't look great uh in the dark match there were spots there were, there were spots there that i enjoyed and you know even in the women's match a couple of Daft spots in there that I watched the morning after because that was it was that women's match that kind of after the Battle Royal kind of killed us all off as far as watching the show. But I think it is, it's just mm. that structure of uh of Triple A multi-mans that's just not for us, is it Joe? Just it's just it, it just it does most of the matches do feel messy. Um I don't think most triple A fans would, would admit that. Um oh, you've yeah. got to kind of you've gotta take your your bright spots uh, as on when they come
2: they just felt like there was no layout to the matches and like yeah. these six that's pretty much AAA. Go like super long and don't yeah. really achieve anything. Like mm. there's no, like there's not, you think of a new Japan six minute mm. on an undercard, right? Mm. And they usually achieve something or develop something. There's a purpose or it, it develops several storylines a lot of the time. Whereas this was just stuff happening for 20 minutes. Mm. And then there was a finish that just came out of nowhere a lot of the time. And, yeah, Cain Velazquez had some nice like highlight reel moments mm. in those matches. In Stuff that's very gifable. Yeah, well, yeah. Again. And it was it was it was quite cool seeing him do what he could do. But it also felt like the completely wrong approach for Cain Velazquez as well. It felt like if you were using him in like say an AEW this isn't what you should be doing. You should be trying to make sure that you know it's Cain Velasquez. You know, make, know that he's the man that beat Brock Lesnar to win the UFC World Heavyweight Championship. It, yeah, it was, it was a ridiculous show that. I'm not going to come out of any great memories to be honest other than the fact that we watched it in Grapple Towers. is that a great weekend <laughs>
0: yeah yeah that's it I, th- I think the, the main matches were probably that you know Cain Velasquez teaming with Cody Rhodes and Psycho Clan that was kind of cool to see as a as a team there was some kind of weird angle afterwards with Psycho Clan's mask getting ripped off that I didn't really pick up that kind of took away from the moment but that, was, that kind the,
1: of shit happens a lot in Triple A. don't worry yeah, about it yeah
0: they kind of went back to celebrating afterwards yeah the uh, USA JP that's that's the norm I mean later. Okay, pentagon and phoenix against kenny omega in the books felt notable you know at least as far as you know guys we're generally familiar with i thought it was notable that kenny omega seemed relatively over the books still do seem to come out to crickets to me and the spots don't seem to particularly work uh, I didn't think that the match uh, on AEW was particularly good and this was you know, solid, um, but probably you know not much better. Maybe as good as it was going to be under the circumstances. I, I gave it 3.25 on Grapple. Uh, that is a worthwhile note. Uh, Triple Media is on Grapple for you to race. I gave the <laughs> game Velasco tag 2.75 as well. But any notes on that match um, or any notes on the main event, Blue Demon and Dr. Wagner? That was a lot of fun at least. I was going
1: to say, like, thinking of matches of the night, the one I probably end up enjoying the most was that Blue Demon Jr., Wagner Jr., mm. partly because of the entrance, because mm. it was absolutely wild, because they were both on alternate cranes mm. that were, like, leading down to the ring. And that's one of the actual things to kind of take away from Triple A's. That's a hell of an arena that they are in, and there's elements of it where the presentation looks looks really good and, and different as well. Like, I like it with the... Um, the Rocky Four music they like, using throughout mm. it. There's something about that that kind of looks somewhat unique. And and the crowd are always sort of invested in this match and it turned to a fucking bloodbath. Oh, what was it? Oh, one of them came out with, like, Bad Medicine by Bon Joe Oh, that was
0: great. Mm,
1: yeah. It's the housewife's favourite, that, that, that really book, is, yeah. isn't it? And
0: Chili Peppers. Oh, oh, I they don't Dr. give a ben. fuck about music, do they? They don't care about uh, oh, uh, getting they have. sued.
1: They are at best indifferent to copyright law. Hmm. At best. <laughs> um, they do like give two shits at all. But yeah, that was great. That opening when they were sort of staring at each other, and they both had masks on at that point as well, mm. and then started bleeding like absolute crazy oh. bastards. He used they? a fucking
0: does a cinder block in there at one point to use as a weapon. It was yep. a proper hammer. yeah hammer. Yep. it was a proper lucha brawl. I re- I mean, I gave it three and a half on grapple. I feel, I feel like maybe I should have gone three seven five at least um, as far as that match goes. But as far as like brawls that did. You know, we were a bit hungover the morning after. Um, or was it the evening after, wasn't it? After Future Shots watched yeah. It. But yeah, that shot of, uh, of Blue Demon having uh, Wagner in the in the arm bar and they're both covered in blood um, and they're both both kind of just laying on the mat after the match as well. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it had good drama and I thought it was a uh, it did look like a, a murder scene after the match and uh, you know it was a very good fight. The uh, the grapple average was 3.81. I don't know if uh, if either you guys uh, went past that or, or below that on it. I did think it was by far the uh, the best match in the show and the, uh, it should be as the main event being a uh, mass versus I
1: to my shame, considering I was in Grapple Towers while watching it, I haven't re- haven't
2: rated it on the app
1: yet. I'll oh, wow. sort it
0: out. Oh, I should well. do. Look I would day say day three night. and a
2: half. I went it. 3.25. Mm. Uh, okay. It, it was the most focused match of the night, <laughs> yes. i thought, And it had the most purpose of any match. Um, but it was a fucking mess. Oh, absolutely. Well. Yeah, yeah. A fun mess. But not a mess that I was that bothered about. I enjoyed it for what it was. Mm. I'd never watch it unless it was with one of you two. Mm. Um, (laughs) Doctor Wagner Jr. was the highlight. He's a good-looking bloke. He is, and he bled a fucking ton.
1: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Like I'm not being funny. There should be a few American companies just looking to get him in for some big shots. Like get him
0: in at Mania weekend. He'd be be absolutely outstanding.
2: But in terms of of make him match
0: his dad. he could do that. He could be oh. if he wore the white like he was wearing here, which is I love that when you, when people wear white for a for a blood feud. But if he wears those pants again, easy introduce. Him if he dad, came in in a
1: in a white suit alongside Andrade, being on the outside of the ring and then occasionally got involved, <laughs> that that would that could be cool. He funny. does
2: really look like him, doesn't he? He looks like a he much does. older version of him. But mm-hmm. yeah, in terms of a lucha brawl. It was what it was. It, the fans got what they wanted from the match. It seemed the crowd seemed invested in it as well. Mm. Yeah, it fulfilled what it was there to do. If anything, so I don't really get AAA. So I don't okay. really think I'm the best person to be doing a review of a. <laughs> I don't think I get triple. A a a, to be honest, like a lot of
0: <laughs> you try. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, all in all, it was. I'm glad we watched it. It was definitely a slugging point, and it was so fucking long. And Matt Striker was completely unbearable. But oh, I had a good time with the you. Other, guys, the other, the other
1: blokes did all right. I thought pretty nondescript, but compared to Striker, fuck.
0: what's his name, JP?
1: Oh, I can't. remember Joe. Actually, I think it's like Joe DeBrowski or something along I, those you know, lines. Brilliant. Or De- <laughs> did he just made that up? <laughs> no, it's Joe. De- I'm gonna fuck. I'll have a look and find it out.
0: Follow I know Twitter why you think I've made it up, but that might, I'll have a look. Uh, but yeah, Carry over, on. the commentary was overall shite, wasn't it, Joe? And uh, the presentation yes. wasn't great. It took us a while to get the the uh, the English Twitch stream going, but hey, it was free, and it was a night up watching the wrestling. Can't complain too much.
2: Last point, Hugo Savinovich. He ate all the bloody pies, didn't
1: he? <laughs> 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 He's a very, very big lad, isn't he?
0: <laughs> yes, uh, but anyway moving on from Triple Mania that was kind of Saturday and a bulk of our Sunday but Sunday itself we did actually head to Future Shot which was our last show of the, uh, of the weekend uh, went on a, a pub crawl with the Ogdens got to do the, the proper Graps and Claps uh, experience that day uh, it got to also appear as I mentioned earlier on the Graps and Claps podcast do check that out on Podbean Grapsandclaps.podbean.com but yeah I had a great little day out in Manchester I was struggling after how many days drinking now Three... this would be the fourth day of drinking fucking hell no wonder Three I've is... dead sorry just to words. interrupt
1: oh, go Joe Dombrowski
0: <laughs>
1: in I wasn't
0: that far off there you go anyone keep a note of the trivia that's his name <laughs> Yeah, but, um, yeah, we had a great day, just Manchester, did did we lads, and it was yeah. Although it was a fourth day of drinking, it was a good day of drinking with it being the Future Shock Tap Show and there being lots of lots of good beer on tap there for the gimmick, uh, and lots of good beer uh, in the afternoon out with the Ogdens.
1: I know it sounds like we're just a like group of animals, absolutely <laughs> drinking all weekend.
0: Like it was pretty bad. I didn't, <laughs>
2: I didn't drink the Saturdays. and I had to drive. I had a oh
0: pint, yeah, I had a pint and out. Say I, I didn't know. have too much either. I was feeling quite rough. That was
1: but one thing I would, it was the quality of beer made such a difference in terms of feeling up for going to do stuff. Mm. It, when you're drinking hula hooch, you don't necessarily feel great in the morning after having, having two cans of that. <laughs> Whereas with a lot of these beers, there was a nice, was it Pomona or something? Yeah. It was called? yeah that was in the show. Yeah. And that, and that was really nice. And Joe said it earlier on wrestling matches in these craft breweries. If you've got a big enough space there, that's, That's what you should be doing because it becomes, like, kind of a bit more boutique then at that stage. Mm. And it it was such a cavernous venue. Mm. Yeah. Spot on.
0: Yeah, it was great. And, yeah, like I say, we had a great day out and a great afternoon at the wrestling. I really enjoyed it. It was the... uh... I went to a future shock full of wrestling, but before that, the last time I went to a future shock I was actually on the show. That's how long ago it'd been, like two thousand seven, something like that. I've seen shows on VOD for me fighting Spirit Magazine work and and other things, but as far as actually going to a show, yeah, first mm. proper one in a long while, and yeah, nice to see a lot of the uh, the familiar faces uh, still there and knocking around, and lots of great young talent there, and yeah, as you both just said, and as I said, an incredible venue for wrestling uh, as far as. Future Shocks top shows go. It's right by um Piccadilly station. Uh, in Manchester mm. and it is perfect it is like a, a craft uh, beer kind of venue more than anything apparently they have food on normally as we talked about if you want the uh, the full match by match review you can listen to that graps and Claps podcast uh, but as we talked about there yeah the unfortunately mm. didn't have the food on this day Joe you had to sneak out for a, a sneaky Sainsbury's um, but yeah all in all a uh, great venue for a show great atmosphere it was busy uh, nice big benches they kind of have uh, set up uh, around the ring for you to watch mm. and yeah what did do you two guys make of your, uh, your overall first experience at future shock
2: that's why i was in a really good mood because so i didn't have to eat a roast dinner
0: uh... <laughs> oh, i really wanted to, to get a photo of you in a roast dinner on sunday joe but when you when you look so content with your go for laugh that i was happier with that and then you got to be the ultimate troll because i could post that picture and uh people could fume um one sunday one day we'll get you joe but you look too happy with your falafel. We couldn't... Uh, oh, I we couldn't
2: was well it happy. It was a good good bit of salad, that. Lovely bit of salad. Uh, it's a good falafel place. <laughs> it was good falafels as well, yeah. love. But, you know, I did need to sneak out for a couple of custard donuts or whatever it was from <laughs> Sainsbury's
0: during the... Oh, they uh, were very in, nice too.
2: They were all right, weren't they? But, um... Yeah, I was in a good move, but you're never going to get me with a picture of a roast dinner. Think about how long it took the Undertaker to lose a WrestleMania. <laughs> you're going to have to really try here, mate. You need like I don't know some sort of Lesnar offer to come along for that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a really fun show. Uh, it was quite. I love that venue. It was mm. a really cool venue. It looked like a um, sort of uh, the the Resistance Gallery on Heat if anything. Yeah. And we saw plenty of the Resistance Gallery the night before in London Rampage. So we're very familiar with the venue at that point in time. But yeah, the layout, uh the structure of the show I thought was really good as well. The beer tying I thought was perfect for mm. this. Um, and that was one of the things that really attracted me to the show as well, because, you know, you're going to be drinking decent stuff, trying a few different things out mm. while watching wrestling. So mm. got to watch wrestling while drinking lots of good beer, two of my favorite things. So I can't really complain about anything mm. on the card. Also
1: mentioned it was dog friendly because I was stood up for most of the show and i was could just have
2: like, done without that.
1: I know you're not fucking <laughs> I I dogs. That, and there was yeah. absolutely there was a really lovely dog there. So it was like and it was just like next to where, where we were stood. I was like so it kind of added to this really relaxed atmosphere.
2: Too many fucking mutts around the
1: place. There there. There's go. my
2: one complaint.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: At least there weren't any horse were
2: Dog hating as well.
0: Not oh, hating,
2: man. but I don't I don't care for dogs. I don't want a small dog. But a uh, a big dog. In fact, I want like a Great Dane or something in there. F- fucking horses, them things.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Saint Bernard. <laughs> Perhaps they could have a faction of dogs in future shot, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know ideas. where. If Chris
2: Brooker's listening, ever ever think.
0: He won't be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as far as the show goes though, it was fun. Did, did anyone apart from the dogs yeah. stand out to you? I, I did think um, it, it felt like uh, Big Joe made uh, quite an impression uh, on you two. He was oh, in he the, the first two matches of the night.
1: Yeah, it, the thing about this show, and uh, you're thinking about the talent of it, and we mentioned it earlier when we had that overall conversation about Brit Rest, about how that top level is really struggling, but underneath there are these really good things going on the amount of younger wrestlers on this. And I think it was really important say, I mean, like a lot of the matches, there wouldn't be the kind of stuff we'd be necessarily say star rating it uh, as much, but it was really encouraging to see these young wrestlers being with a good supportive crowd, hmm. being able to kind of work and feel comfortable. And a lot of them had, quite nicely defined characters obviously big joe is a highlight for that Mm. and that was just an awesome kickoff to the show as well as what they did yeah if
0: anyone hasn't seen him he's kind of doing like a he's a small man but he's bit he's crash holly isn't he that's kind of the gimmick he's doing um
1: but he does it really well, and he's great. And then being there with with the Ogdens as well, with the sing song and the chants they're doing. For, I mean, it's it's superb. Mm. And the crowd understand it. It's the kind of gimmick that works anywhere,
3: mm. and it's
1: sort of perfect as well when you've got like a kind of somewhat of a family show there at the same time. And so it was, it was the easiest thing to get. And the way they open it up, it's had the match with T Bone and he lost. And you're like, I remember you said to me at the time, was like, yeah. well. What they're really doing with this. Yeah. And then it's and then it turned into Chris Sharp versus Joe versus the referee. Big Joe. The WWE the referee. contracted
0: referee, which surprised me yeah. yeah He's
1: American, isn't he? He yeah, lives over is. here yeah. now. Yeah. Um, Oh my god, his facials throughout that match were oh. absolutely outstanding. He looked like he was dying. He was, he was it was Shane like Bill Alfonso-esque.
0: Yeah, Bill Alfonso's a good one, it? As far as like non-wrestlers go, doing a wrestler match, as doing that fish out of water stuff. Yeah, Fonzie and Shane McMahon are probably the uh, the two highlights in wrestling lore. He's up there though.
1: Oh, he is. And and Chris Sharp did really well. There was one point, I think I, I don't know who the really the big um Kind of second to Big Joe was when they gave, uh, when he had Thomas an Irish Wolf. whip. So, oh, what's his name? Thomas Wolfe. Thomas Wolfe. And he, he was just giving him like an a Irish whip or whip into the ropes and he dives through onto him and took him out, which took everyone by surprise. <clears throat> oh, it was a big spot. It, oh, I did it really well. Some of the roll ups he did. Yeah, it was just it's so easy to watch and yeah, really good fun. It was like a really good start to the show because it kind of just put you in a good mood Mm -hmm. watching something that was quite funny, easy to watch, got the crowd into it. Yeah. Really good thing. And to say in general about the show, we'll talk about individual wrestlers, at various points, just the amount of younger wrestlers there who are going to be getting really good experience. A lot of like wrestlers who are between, you know, in some cases, 16 and you know, very early twenties, and mm. so it was really encouraging. And people that we'd seen before who'd seemed to sort of progress. I'm thinking of someone like Rio, for example. He seemed a lot better than the than the la than when we'd seen her in PCW and how much he's progressed since
0: then. Mm, definitely, yeah. There's a lot of young talent. The you future it's always been kind of well it was in in historically a training school first and then like kind of a wrestling company and obviously they got the ties to to other local schools around the area as well um like a wrestle pro but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of young great talent coming through. Um, yeah, Big Joe made a bit impression on me, although you know he's a. I suppose as far as young talent goes, he's become a bit of a veteran now. But I really like Tom Thelwell. I thought he looked really good. Yeah, the uh, match with Sam Bailey, which is like a an open challenge match. He's he's one of the people, like you said, JP, who is, I believe only sixteen, and he's in. Like he's 60. Yeah, uh, he's a decent. He, he's you know he's built well for sixteen, and he looks he looks the yeah. part, and obviously he's going to grow into a. The, the potential is really obvious he was doing a lot of flying as we said on the graps and claps podcast he was very will osprey-esque i would say yeah uh, in kind of his flying um and the way it worked but he did seem like a somebody that's going to grow into growing into, to be somebody proper and sam bailey did a great job as the heel in that match uh kind of getting him over um do you know did, did him or the ready other other uh, guys that kind of stood out for you joe on the show
4: Oh,
2: the Ridgway match was the highlight. Mm. Yeah. Um, against, what was the young lad's name? Luke. Luke Jacobs. Luke mm. Jacobs. That was awesome. And it was great seeing how much Ridgway has improved since he did his uh, tour in Noah. Mm. He was fucking awesome. It was the yeah. most, most impressed I've ever been with him. Uh, real improvement during his time away is strikes have picked up tenfold. Like, they were pretty decent anyway. But now, the way he's laying them in... But also the sort of talk he's putting on him as well, the sound he's getting from him, the way that echoes, the sort of general intensity and the consistency of that intensity and his kind of like periods of striking his opponent just absolutely brilliant. I thought that he really got this Luke Jacobs kid over, considering mm. I have no idea who he is. I was quite invested in his story by the end of it. Mm. But yeah, Ridgeway looked like a completely different wrestler facial expressions they weren't there before they were there now mm. there was so much more character in the way he was using his body and using his face to get across sort of an emotion and a feeling sort of in the moment when he was on the attack
3: mm. he was
2: awesome like really really good um i was going to say I was open to see more of him um in the uk after this, sorry, there's some guy going past playing drum and bass. I don't know if you can hear that. I was having a chat with him afterwards, and he said he's back to Japan uh, on Wednesday for two and a half yeah. months. That's the so, worst thing if
0: he's gotten this good since.
2: No, no, not at all. And I think it's if he's got this good after one tour, mm. think of where he could be in two and a half months. Think about mm. where he could be in 2020 if he's over a little bit more. Like, he's invested in himself, he's believed in himself. He's gone out there, he's taken lessons from some of the best guys out there in Noah, clearly. Mm. And he's improved massively. And I was when I was talking to him, he said the only main guy out in Noah that he didn't get a chance to face was Segura. And he was the one he wanted to face, but he's getting a face him on the next tour. So oh, great. You think of some of the talent he's been in there with and how what how and why his striking's improved, how and why his facial expressions have improved. It tells you what a tour of Japan, the quality promotion. Well, not quality in terms of the attendance, but in terms of the wrestling talent they got. Especially
1: there. when you're working
2: a style that's gonna that feels synonymous with Japan as well. So that's exactly. that's a style that's gonna develop out there. Yeah. But I was so impressed with him in this match and the role he played. Yeah. And also the story. I love the story with the young guys' strikes just not really having that much kind of oomph on them let's say mm. and it felt like that was almost very intentional mm. to get across just what yeah. a hard hit a Ridgeway I've was I've seen
0: Luke Jacobs to... say harder than that so yeah I think you're onto something there
2: yeah and it just was a really effective way of telling this story getting the young lad over as well there was real sympathy on him Yeah. also some of the sort of uh, machine gun chop sequences if you want to get me on side do this and do it well and they did it and they did it well mm. definitely
0: and, 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 and I thought he He looked great, and I did did think, you know, Luke Jacobs, although he was asked JP to play a very specific role in this match, he was the young boy, and in real life, to be honest, him and Ethan Allen do seem to be Chris Ridgway's young boys. They're They're very, I don't know, classic Noah in style, and... Can maybe feel a little bit cosplay at times, but they're growing into it and they're getting better. Ah, they've better. been watching
2: their Kabashi and Kawada, oh, they tapes. Get it. You can tell, they're <laughs> yeah, good can...
0: on them. Yeah, yeah, If there's anybody to emulate, then that's probably the people to emulate. Oh. And I've got to be honest, like I was, yeah, you know, when I was writing the one to watch stuff for Fighting Spirit magazine, if I'd have pitched another one, unfortunately, it's dead now, it would have been on Luke Jacobs and, uh, and Ethan Allen because the yep. two of them have. Are, are, so much obvious potential, and yeah, JP is the the grapple young boy correspondent. That could sound bad, couldn't it? Uh, you, uh, <laughs> it never sounds good. Mate. <laughs> I'd imagine you were very impressed as well by your uh, by your long Jacob, who is in the uh, the Tetsujin tournament coming up, uh, and is probably gonna have a a breakout show in there. He looks uh, absolutely ready to uh, to break out with maybe a a couple more years' experience.
1: Exactly. This is these are the kind of shows he should be doing for for a long time. And you mentioned in terms of like going with that style I think that's a style that works especially if you're a younger wrestler of, of kind of I know it might seem imitation young boy stuff but the idea of having the kind of dojo mentality character where you know they're going to be losing and you know they're going to be perfecting a certain group a group of moves like that for me works very much as a as a um, as a story and you know I, I think you know it's really good seeing them in these kind of testing situations and yeah it worked. And yeah, there's a there's a lot to be said about how they're being trained because
2: clearly they're doing stuff right. Mm-hmm. And also, you can go back to this match. Oh God, gotcha. In a yep. year's time, yeah. Show yeah. the progression of Luke Jacobs again. And oh yeah. Yeah, there's stuff you can play into from this as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Really impressed with this one. Yeah.
0: I think I'd buy a ticket as well. Look, like, I I went four stars on the day for this one. Maybe call it a little bit of live I'd bias, agree. But... Yeah, yeah. a match that was absolutely worth making the trip uh but yeah that was the highlight of the first half i did think the first half was much stronger than the second. uh for me the only real highlights of the second half was the main event uh zach gibson and james drake uh against uh, son and joey hayes which was kind of your standard uh, booyah tag match but solid enough i mean did that stand out for you guys or did anything else stand out for you guys in the the second half or or elsewhere on the show
2: I think the Ridgeway Jacobs match stole it. Um, it was the only match, I'll be honest, that got me yeah. and got me fully invested mm. and fully interested. Mm. The other stuff I was sort of having a chat while the match was sort of going on, if mm. anything. Um, yeah, it was very much... Uh, maybe I was doing like a Fight Club Pro show, possibly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, but, it's, but it was, it was you're good. able to watch it, but at the same time, you are able to kind of enjoy it, but you don't need... It's it's not stuff that's going to necessarily completely hook you into no, the
0: match. No, yet. you're it's right. It's a family it's first... show with younger wrestlers, isn't it? You're going to hold it yeah. to a lower standard. I mean, Ridgeway Jacobs, I could put as, on as any... As we should, yeah. You could put on any big progress, Rev Pro show, and it might not be the match of the night, but it would be, you know, a really strong undercard match uh the rest of the show you know as fun as it is i think that's the other thing isn't it that goes to our discussion at the top of the show and i'll always say that you know as much as everyone will say these kind of local shows are fun and they were and we had a great time you do hold them to that lower standard then you're not gonna analyze it with the you know the depth that you're gonna you know a more serious quote-unquote work rate match in the uh, in the bigger promotions
1: yeah you can't walk out and go yeah it was all right but you know It's no Osprey, Zack and the G1, is it? Like, Mm. you know, that's a really kind of churlish attitude to kind of bring across for it as well. So you, but and i have to say as well, it was 12 quid. Mm. Like for 12 quid, it's like really had the money's worth. Mm. You know, going along with a show like this, it was like, yeah, this was a good show and it was really worthwhile going to and fun. Mm. I want to talk about going to see sort of local independent shows. These are the types of one Mm. we have those few sort of bigger stars and what they're doing is they're able to help elevate elevate some of the other um, the younger guys on the show as well and you've got some good solid veterans with easy characters to understand
3: mm.
1: you know we've spoken about him a few times Joey Hayes I always tend to enjoy Joey Hayes when I see him wrestle to be honest mm. with you so, you know,
2: he's good at that level I think he's good at yes, that level that's solid mm. and that's a good thing that's not a bad thing Solidarism mm. solid, I've heard a lot about yeah. him first I'd seen him Impressive how fluid he was. That was the thing that stood out to me. His movement, um, his execution was excellent. I didn't necessarily see a lot of charisma. Mm.
0: um, That's kind of my take on him. Yeah, yeah. Like I've seen a lot of them. Seen him at GPW. You know, this is wrestling now. Future Shock. He's definitely someone you know the Ogdens that'll rave about as being you know a potential star, and you can definitely see it. Like say he is smooth, and he is you know his execution that's great. Just yeah, I believe he's a stronger personality as a heel, um, so maybe that's the the son of Des and I need to check out rather than the this babyface versus babyface feud they were trying to set up with Joey Hayes. That match is off, by the way. They were building to the uh, the champion versus champion match at the anniversary show in two weeks. Turns out PCW have got a show the same day, and they've pulled rank, and Joey's can't be on the Future Shock show. Oh. Um, so that's a bit of a shame. I may flood it, uh, unfortunately, spoiling things. It does, ah, be- oh, be-
1: Stephen
0: does beg the question: why they built it anyway at the weekend? But they also built a they had a really good angle with uh, with Chris Egan getting taken out by the Grizzled Young veteran- Veterans at halftime to build up his match with uh, with Egan and Danny Hope against uh, the Grizzled Young Vets. So maybe that will uh, sell some tickets instead for their for their anniversary show.
1: Yeah, and good luck, good luck to them. They're doing things the the right way. And they're sort of able to to build their cards up. So hopefully they have a good time of that anniversary show. Definitely.
0: Would you have back? Would there have to be a touch Yeah, I would
1: do. If we if were are doing like a kind of a weekender of yeah. a few yeah, shows it was, in if was in the on. And yeah. you're in the
2: area then yeah. I wouldn't go out of my way. Like I wouldn't travel up specifically to see a future shop show in the way, but it's gonna it's gonna take a lot for me to do that. I'd have to be if we were meeting up and it was like a get together of a few of us, absolutely yeah. I'd go along.
1: Yeah. Definitely.
0: Definitely, so. In fact,
1: it's kind of the perfect place if you're going to meet up meeting up with a few mates and watching wrestling. It's kind of perfect for it. The environment they had
0: definitely yeah it is as far as like a, a social event um that's what it's good for and yeah being <laughs> up in the area a little bit ashamed i've not been to uh, many future Shock shows been to plenty mm-hmm. of the other promotions in the northwest but yeah i need to maybe visit future shack a bit more and I'll, i'm sure i'll head to that next to uh, the next tap show when it does get announced but yeah a lot of fun headed back to liverpool uh jp got to go to the famous logster path the uh the, the place where I once saw Stephen French Walker in with two girls, uh, one in under each arm. Uh, that's the story I told on this podcast a few times. Joe, you had a cracking burger and we uh, we headed back to Grapple Towers to kind of close out the weekend. Uh, any overall thoughts on a lobster pot, uh, your burger, Joe, or just Liverpool in general on the weekend?
2: I had a lovely burger from Archie's. Excellent burger. Um I didn't have an excellent. You like muck. <laughs> yeah, Yours was
0: like two pounds twenty, pot. though, JP. To be fair, too from the, cheap from the famous lobster pot. I'd had a drink, and
1: you'd sold me on the lobster pot, and <laughs> and occasionally you've Stephen just got to eat. Well, occasionally you've just got
2: to eat filth. You? <laughs> That's just sometimes what happens. Mm. Yeah, I had I had I had a Domino Saturday night. I'd had too much filth. I needed someone that was cooked with good ingredients, mm. freshly. Rep- not the filth you ate, mate. You got lower standards than me. <laughs> I yeah.
0: As Gareth said, though, this week all I've wanted to do is just eat a load of vegetables to make up for the uh, the beer mm. and the food that we we had this weekend. But hey, it was it was great having you up here, lads, and yeah, we got oh, to go see Brookside Thank close you. as well. Uh, the 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 morning after on, on your way home, that had to be worth the trip all in all. And yeah, what a trip it was.
2: Fulfilment of a dream, <laughs> it,
1: it really was, and how kind of uncanny it was. Yeah. There, I imagine if you're a resident there you'd be properly There's getting people sick people live there
0: it's just a it's just a regular road now brookside it's still yeah. called brookside close the numbering's off obviously but yeah we kind of pulled up in in your car didn't we Joe and uh, got the picture that'll be in the uh, the show image for this show and uh, yeah you could you could just tell that the neighbors were just looking at us like oh nah this shit again but big moment for you guys I hope your uh, your parents were impressed Joe
2: oh my mum loved it mm-hmm. and my mum was like well excited when she saw the pictures but you you don't choose to move into Brookside close and not expect people to be turning up. Like you can't <laughs> complain too much. Yeah. And there were a load of kids running around anyway, weren't there? You know? Yeah. Them kids really don't even know what Brookside is. Yeah. With, where they're where they're even massive
1: born. drives there, haven't they? you could fit like fifteen cars in some of those fucking. drives. I
2: remember around. when there was a helicopter helicopter landed in the close or something at one point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see how a helicopter could fit yeah, in there. Yeah, good good bit of space for it. Yeah, yeah.
0: place <laughs> be- lots of place to bury bodies as well in the back. We unfortunately didn't oh. did see uh, where Tre- Trevor Jordash was buried, but we could kind of work out where it was.
1: No, yeah, he's, he, that, yeah. We I think we got the house right for that one, but it would have seemed a bit weird to come in and have a look at the patio. Uh, we've already decided next the next aim we're just going to mention it out there ken barlow that's that's going to be the the, the next sort of person to kind of stalk down in in soapland. that sounds really bad <laughs> so you're gonna, some you're dodgy gonna, stuff. you're going to actively stalk someone that's that seems like i've said that i didn't mean i'm not gonna actively stalk Fucking him but hell, he lives yeah, in
0: we, cheshire but, i believe we'll find him
1: we've we've got we've we've got a quiet in and a plan
2: <laughs> Bill but, Roach, we're on our way. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, we did it. We got to the Brookside close. You guys got I mean, JP, you got your Jaff Jarrett picture outside the cabin club. I took you down the depth of oh. Matthew Street. You saw I think you you really you saw everything good and bad to offer in Merseyside, so uh, don't think we can did. complain Yeah.
1: I mean even you've gotta say that the even the Skagheads have a fair whack of gusto about them, don't they? it's what sort of really threw themselves into it. They looked an absolute st- date mm. but that sounds a horrible thing to say matthew street oh oof. um yeah that's that's a place and a half isn't it oh, just
3: yes.
1: you just gotta walk through it look around and then look away good photo of uh, joe and some part of the person with, with the Silla black uh, statue
2: yeah me and Silla. yeah yeah,
0: <laughs> good fun. You got to see it all, so yeah, it was great having you up here, guys. Great to see you, the likes of Andy Ogden, and uh, great to great to uh, gracious of Gareth to uh, to host you yes. guys and me at Grapple Towers as well uh, for a night. Very or very
1: kind of you both. What a weekend! <laughs> oh, Uh
0: well, Anything more on that, or should we uh, get into our G one segment?
1: It's G one time. G one
3: climax 29.
4: I'll show up at your house in the middle of the night and strange the comedic vehicle. And we will become true masters of buffoonery. Go away my balls.
1: Jeff Cobb is the the Lukaku of New Japan, Florida. <laughs> 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 oh
4: wow.
3: <laughs>
0: right let's talk some g1 then uh guys we tried our very best over the weekend uh it was a very busy weekend as people have just heard to squeeze in as much g1 as we could i got to see firsthand jp you on my on my couch with your tablet out trying to watch some g1 i think you were trying to watch some on the train (laughs) in the car as well we managed to get it done like i was bits and bobs for me like i saw a couple you rewatched a couple of matches with me later on, on. I think on the Sat Friday night when we got home, uh, I've yep. gone back over the last couple of days and had to jump back into. I'm a completist, JP. I want to see all of the matches of the tournament, so I've been I've been trying my absolute best. But yeah, it was a it was definitely a struggle keeping up with it, uh, even with this great schedule uh, this year out.
1: This was the hard week. Mm. This was the week it was like this is hard to catch up on. And if you get out of the habit of it, mm. it'd be really hard thing. to get back in that's the killer and so you kind of have to try and watch something that's really good so you're like right okay I'm back with it but this was the week it was hard there are matches we're going to talk about that my eyes I saw them they existed (laughs) I was pretty sure I was present Mm. but if you'd ask me what happened I've I've kind of no idea Mm. so yeah if it sounds more slapdash than usual don't be too surprised with this this was, was it was it was fun but difficult to fit in.
0: Yeah, it was definitely tough. But I think between the three of us, we'll be all right. to uh, be a joke and uh, pick up the slap there, and you can you can help us out too. But yeah, we'll probably go into more detail this weekend. We're gonna have a. We're still nailing down the schedule we're expecting to have a Friday show a Sunday show and a Monday show just to cover the Summer Slam slash G1 finals weekend where we can go into a even more detail and, and cover the uh, the couple of shows that are also happening this week the uh, the awkward Wednesday and Thursday shows that are happening but yeah without uh, further ado let's get into it uh, four days of G1 to, to catch up on uh, again like I say it was a struggle days 11, 12 13 and 14 uh, day 11 uh, I think you watched this on your own JP and then I caught up uh, on the night um, but yeah, fun show uh, G1 day 11. it started with uh, Kosa Rabushi and Bad luck Farley uh, somehow somehow better than the Osprey match for Kosabushi but uh, you know that's probably not saying much uh, as far as that goes. Uh, Either you've got any abiding thoughts on uh, on the job that uh, poor Kota had to do with with, uh, with Bad luck Farley, the very worst man uh, in the tournament this year out.
2: He's a fucking state, and in the space of a few days, he had the worst matches of Kota Rabushi and Will Ospreay's career. Fucking shit. Let's move on.
0: Wow, <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue with that too much, JP. It was
1: it was bad. Mm. I was I was just disappointed mm. in this, and I, I don't want to see Farley again after this show. Let <laughs> just... him run the dojo.
0: A Kota Ibushi match with an average of 2.04 on grapple. Like, I gave it 2.25, but either you go any. I assume you both went lower than that. Uh,
3: Yeah.
2: I went like one. I think I went less than that, maybe. Look, it took Razor Ruddock retiring from football before he (laughs) piled it on and became a lazy sack. He's doing it while he's in a G1. Like, the man's a (laughs) fucking disgrace. He needs to be as far away from this tournament as possible. Yeah
1: definitely
0: yeah it was uh yeah, yeah. smoke and Two, mirrors i think i went for this and that's overly generous my god and that's just purely for the coat of smoke and mirrors isn't it jp but yeah mm. as joe said moving on we got a a classic after it one of the uh, the better matches of the tournament for me zach sabre jr and will osprey uh bit weird that it, they kind of came out second uh, i thought because I, I honestly think the rest of the cards struggled to follow them but this was absolutely incredible. We've all seen, you know, their their previous matches. We we know how good these two guys are and how good they both are uh, at this year. As a, it was kind of like a, you know, they flipped the match on the head a little bit with a, you know Osprey working over Zack Saber and Zack Saber trying to wrap up wrap up Will Osprey. I absolutely loved it. I gave it four and a half, which is a, above the four point two four on Grapple. Um, but yeah, one of the uh, for me one of the highlights of the tournament so far.
2: Oh, this was so good. It was one of the easiest matches to watch, I thought, in the yeah. entire tournament. Mm. The, these guys are just so fluid together. Mm. Like they just they just mesh in this way that's just it's like watching, I don't know, um York and Cole when they're prime together. Put it that way. Champions League campaign in ninety nine. It just so easy to watch. The understanding they have of one another is awesome. Watching Osprey change his game up and go hold for hold with Zach, again, just shows how diverse he is. Their styles, when Osprey does add the sort of high-flying sort of element to it, just meshes perfectly with Zach's style. Like, I loved how Zach changed his approach at times based on Osprey's explosiveness as well. Like, Zach's counter-wrestling this to get around Osprey when he tried to sort of go for sort of a more risky manoeuvre just excellent like just an absolutely stunning match and also quite unpredictable i never knew what was coming next to this i was mm. really surprised mm. by various sort of um reversals um, sort of moments of counter wrestling this match it was everything i wanted
3: mm.
2: but i know that they're gonna have a better match in the future as well which yeah. is just they didn't give away everything they had to give no
1: it was a conversation that we'd all had that night on the friday wasn't it about about saying about that we've seen them have better matches than the one they Mm -hmm. had at walthamstow being the the one that brought up it was for the uh yeah that's jacob yeah um no no no, it was the november match that's right right, sorry Yeah. yeah the november one yeah this was you you guys have kind of summed it up i mean i went four and a quarter and i think that might well you know i think that's being reasonably harsh it's it this way go out of your way to watch it Mm. it was just another match to kind of add on to the onto the list and also again sorry I mentioned Farley makes you realize how shit Farley is when he drags him how far he drags Osprey down from the usual stand that he manages
2: to hit Mm. I think the thing with this match as well um this is Zack Sabre Jr and Osprey in a g1 in japan two british guys two guys from kent and essex counties that mm. sit next to each other yeah. brit wrestlers alive and well in new japan um, well it just shows uh, you know what great talent we've produced in these two, mm. oh, two and, re- you know
0: two wrestlers who stuck to the guns as well and did it their own yeah. way like Zack sabre jr like he shouldn't be at this point like he was someone who like i think i've said i think i said it to you guys over the weekend that like I I saw him get booked by, you know, a local promotion to me once and, and get told that he, he should be out there being a being a happy, clappy baby face and he went out and he had his, his Zack Sabre Jr. style and he never got booked again. But he stuck to his guns and he, he he was true to himself over years and it paid off and he got to New Japan. Yeah. He's was genuinely successful. Will Ospreay, you know how many people told him he was going to break his neck by the age he was 21, went his own path, became the best wrestler in the world and he's at this point. I mean, yeah, there's, there's getting an NXT UK contract and then there's genuine success like this.
1: Well, earlier on tonight, I was looking at the amount of matches that sort of Tyler Bate has had this year. And, and he's had 26 and One i think singles Pete match Jones, yep 25' just gonna have a look now just wow. to see see how many Zach saber juniors had <laughs> as well <laughs> um yeah because just it, it feels to me here we go have a look at how many matches he's had so this year 2019. We can never get it scrolled down. To get to he's 70, had at 76 at this stage.
0: Wow. On record. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Uh, obviously, the G1s are three
1: times as 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 many matches.
2: And yeah. think of Zach's age. Think about Tyler Bate developing. Mm. Needing probably, yeah. I don't know. Tyler Bate's a great wrestler, but yeah, mm. at 22, or whatever he is now, yeah, he should be wrestling more. Yeah. I think the other thing to take away from this, I think this is watching the number one and two wrestler that this country has ever produced. Mm.
3: Uh, yeah.
4: To me, so.
2: that's it's like so. watching, I don't know, Gazza and Beckham in their primes together doing cross-field passes and watching little mazy dribbles through defences. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's it. And I, it was a match, I'll give it the ultimate compliment because it was one of the matches that I waited for the start of time and snipped out of the, into the toilet and worked and sat in that disabled toilet and enjoyed it very much. Yeah. Um, that's a, if I'm going to do that, you know I'm expecting good things and they delivered and we got the continued story of yeah, uh, Osprey can't beat Zack Sabre Jr. So all in all, very happy with that. Definitely a highlight of the tournament so far. Um, I really, think...
1: really quick note before you okay. get into the next one. Osprey's had 83 matches this year. Wow. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. exactly. And and how, good of the the how many of those do had...
0: you remember? Name one Tyler Bate match from this year. You've got 10 seconds. Name one.
2: The Grizzled Young Veterans match from TakeOver UK. Oh, damn it. You That's got it. one. <laughs> That's two. it. That's all I know.
0: <laughs> That's because right, we mate. made you review reviewer on post, Joe, uh, in that infamous appearance. <laughs> <laughs> that, that went down like a lead balloon didn't it <laughs> post forum loves them some joe lemon uh, <laughs> but yeah that was followed by lance archer and, uh, and okada uh, to be honest i thought it was uh again weird placement to throw uh, will and zach on that early, but i did think okada and, and lance archer you know followed it well enough i gave it 3.75 an average of 3.76 on grapple uh just a really good you know yeah. Not big man, little man match, but a big man in there with you know, kind of almost making Okada uh, the near fall in there. Uh, I thought it was a a really strong match. Another you know thing to add to you know, it, it was kind of maybe a I don't know a, a a test point for Lance Archer. You know, can he mm. can, can he do it in there? I mean, everyone can do it in there with Okada, but can he live up to the billing and you know have the match we all expect him to have with Okada? And as far as solid G1 matches go, I could have even gone four stars on it. I thought it was good enough. Uh, and a good sign of a. Uh, I wanted them to go over, so as sad that didn't happen. But uh, definitely a match I want to see again with maybe a bit more, uh, you know, focus on it on on a different show. Uh, hesitant to say more time because I don't really want to add any more time to a card. Of the match is fifteen minutes is good enough for me. But uh, definitely a good taster for what uh, what you could get in another match with these two.
1: Yeah, it would be a good point as well with Archer in the future if he can get into that. Sorry, bring him up that Farley role where he gets that kind of. You know he can get that pin on an Akada in in a match leading up to headlining one of the minor shows, and you can and they can have a much longer, much more drawn out affair. But like you say, like that kind of tester for where he is. I went three and a half. I've enjo- I can't think. I mean, obviously Bar, he who shall not be named anymore. Um, apart, he, Archer's had really strong matches throughout the entirety. Of this tournament, and even at this stage when he must be feeling it, and you know he's had back issues and whatnot before, he's still managed to to wrestle and work up to a high level, and he's just so engaged and involved and clearly loving this tournament. And you know, I I was I was in doubt about where they could go because I could I could see Archer beating him. I didn't think it was it you know it was something that was necessarily
2: implausible. Mm. I thought this was a awesome match. I went four stars of this one. Mm. I thought it was the most different most different Akada match I've seen in a good while uh. certainly the most different Akada match during this tournament if anything he was working as a proper baby face in peril at mm. points of this and I thought that he was sort of changing up his offence to get around Lance Archer's kind of big moves as well and I really like the psychology of Akada just adapting his style, adapting his character ever so slightly to get Archer over it a little bit more as that sort of monster, if anything. Mm. Also thought this went a really, really good length. Um, and also Archer. Just I know we've raved about Archer throughout this, mm. but Archer's just been so impressive throughout. I don't know about MVP of a tournament, but if I was doing a top five... Lance Archer would yeah. probably be in there, and that's mm. something I didn't think I'd say at the start yeah. of this tournament.
1: You can argue on that MVP front, like, for very differing reasons of, like, expectation versus what you delivered, that
2: Archer's re- in I that top five. matches, for me, if I was to look at my average Lance Archer match mm. rate, I think you're coming in around sort of four stars, if anything. And, I
1: know.
2: You know, hoyt was not averaging four stars. Like, this <laughs> is it was for me.
1: Those, <laughs> those tag matches where he was tagging with Kid Cash. Come on. I like Kid Cash. I like him. <laughs> it says a lot, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> but yeah, he's the man. And yeah, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll be putting even more praise on him as the tournament yeah. goes on. We, uh, but yeah.
1: we, if he comes over to the UK, I'll be genuinely excited about seeing Lance Arch. And that's not something I ever would have uh, thought.
0: There you go. And then maybe you, him, David Starr, the cats, they could all hang out after the show. That'd yeah, be good. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was fun. Uh, went on to sonata and kenta and i'm looking at grapple and i haven't rated it and lads i can't tell you whether i've seen it or not that speaks to what you said before jp I'm zone zoning out in some of these matches i genuinely con- have i seen sonata kenta i feel like i might have skipped over it it's a sonata match though so maybe i've just forgotten but uh, maybe i should give it the gentleman's three could, could i have you, if you uh, jog my memory does <laughs> did either of you rate this one um uh, it's a round yeah, oh yeah. three on grapple
2: I
1: went three and a half. Same here, I went three and a half. I actually got 7, more from this than I
2: thought I would do. Well, I went I three and a half. Remember. I don't remember it. Seriously. I don't remember watching it. I
0: don't I've recall I've no
2: memory of it. Is this is really? this
0: like the Mandela, Mandela effect? In, 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 did this match really
1: it happen? Possibly, I can't remember loads from it because I mean, at this stage, <laughs> Christ, have we seen about 70 matches from this tournament? <laughs> the g want fatigue is
0: real, everyone.
1: I think I watched this kind of expecting it not to be good at all and then found myself pleasantly surprised and again kind of feeling what I had been feeling about Kenta in this tournament where it's very very quietly he's been okay and like you know he's had some had some good matches necessarily it was one of the better Sonata matches and we'll talk about a, a much better one later on but this was Certainly one of the much better matches he's had in there. But the fact that neither of you remember, that's thats absolutely fine. You can completely see how that would happen. You
0: know, I might just give it three stars and Grapple and be very confident that it was a three-star match. Uh, that was, yeah, we'll you that can blag that. That's fine. You'll never be
1: questioned by anyone. Going, so what happened in that Tenet sonata?
0: <laughs> no, I'll get people in the comments on Grapple asking me questions. Uh, I'd like to say I'll rewatch it, but I don't think I will. Maybe I'll just leave that one nah. unrated. Uh, it's a sonata live, match. Mate. Everyone, don't uh, worry. I think I'll live. What uh, match I did watch though? Uh, Evil and Tanahashi caught up with that one today uh, because mm. it was. It was it was one I hadn't seen. So that actually does make sense. Maybe I didn't see Sonada and Kenta. Uh, shit, the completest thing He's going to have to go back now. Evil Inside Hashi was good, though. Uh, I saw people really, really raving about this one, which is kind of the reason I was like, okay, I need to dedicate some time to sit down and watch this thing. Saying that, average of 3.95 on Grapple. I gave it 375 uh it was your standard Tana sells the knee, he comes back, he hits the high fly flow, he wins. Uh that was kind of the story there. Um mm-hmm. but I really enjoyed it, and you know, Tanahashi is always gonna gonna drag uh evil into something that will at least uh, interest me as, as uninteresting as I've found uh, evil and Sonata this tournament.
1: It's really funny because I'm <laughs> I've been really high on evil. A lot more higher on this than I would have been. I gave this four. I really enjoyed this. And like you okay. say, it had the standard structure of a Tanner match in the G1. Mm. And I was kind of fine with that. But it felt like Evil's, I don't know, maybe it was just sort of Evil's intensity throughout it. The fact that he seems to be moving much more at a bit of a pace as well. I didn't find myself kind of. It's not like it's boring at any stage. And there's been Evil matches, which obviously kind of just fo- disappear into the ether. But this one, and it says a lot about Tanahashi as well, who again. You know, throughout the tournament, has I mean, he's been putting in performances pretty much every single night. And you consider the wreck that his body is is in, it's still quite incredible. He's able to kind of pull out. He gets he elicits drama. That's the thing that he's best at, and he can do that with so many people. And I found this match dramatic enough. And mm. and again, I kind of I Tanahashi down to win on the Pickums, but there were points where I thought that Evil was going to get the win.
0: Mm. Yeah, uh, any thoughts on that one, Joe?
2: JP spoke
3: for me.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, solid main event, if if not hugely spectacular, is probably my uh, overall thoughts on that one. But we moved on to the B-Block, Day 12. Uh, kicked off with Jeff Cobb and, uh, and Shingo. Um, again, we're, we're not huge fans of Jeff Cobb on this podcast. I doubt this one changed either of your minds. Uh, an okay match. I enjoyed Time of Shingos matches have all been, you know, kind of varied. This was a, this was one where he kind of worked over Cobb's name. It was a bit of a different story. Uh, all in all, enjoyed it. Shingos, you know, by now, you know, there's no chance of him going anywhere as far as uh, the G One goes as a tournament. But still, fun to 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 see him out there. Uh, uh, impressing. Um, and maybe on the, the weaker side of, of Shingo matches as far as this tournament's gone as a whole, but still strong enough and yeah, maybe as good as you're probably going to do with Jeff Cobb at this point. I gave it 3.5. 3.86 is the actual average on Grapple. Uh, how about you two guys?
2: Honestly, I've really enjoyed this. I think this along with the Ichi match is my favourite Cobb match of a tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that they kind of meshed and there was a kind of, they kind of clicked, if any, figured. I think Shingo should be looking, sorry, Cobb should be looking at Shingo as inspiration. Mm. When I was watching this, I was thinking, Cobb, oh, sorry, Shingo kind of has what Cobb needs in terms of that X factor. Like the way Shingo uses his face and uses his uh, sort of execution, his body, to have a story in a match is something Cobb just does not do enough of. Mm. um, and I thought that Shingo really helped Cobb get through this match and helped Cobb get over a little bit more during the match as well, if anything. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't think Cobb's been really impressed anyone in this tournament at all, to be honest with you. And this isn't a match that I'll necessarily remember, but for what it was, I did think it was a very good match. Shingo, we'll go into more detail on Shingo mm. later. I think he's had a really good tournament.
3: Mm.
2: He's one of my absolute favorite wrestlers right now. And he's one of the one of those guys that I don't think I've skipped one of his matches. I don't think I will be skipping one of his matches. Because anything he does, there's I get something out of every Shingo match I watch at the moment. He's a great guy. There's a pattern in this tournament where
1: Shingo's managing to get good matches out of people who you wouldn't be necessarily expecting. Because I really enjoyed the match he had with Chi as well.
3: Hmm.
1: Um, you know, that's something that he's managed to do. And obviously you can look at the results and say it's not necessarily been successful. But it feels like there's a that's all much more part of a, hopefully, a longer-term sort of character arc story with Shingo, of him getting used to the heavyweight division, and the fact that his moves don't work on those bigger guys, so he's going to need to perhaps adapt his offense. And I think that's like a nice sort of running pattern they've got with him. Joe says, well, we're going to mention another uh, match involving it, but this one I went three and a half on, hmm. and, yeah, I have to agree, it was one of, the, one of the better Jeff Cobb matches, but, yeah, I echo Joe's thoughts generally on Jeff Cobb.
0: Fair enough. Well, the match I went three and a half on, and uh, our pal Jamesy, who absolutely killed it last week on this podcast, uh, he was fantastic. Yes. Phil and Joe, we missed you, but Jamesy was very good too. We'll have to get that man back. Um, he, we were talking last week about uh, the Yano scale and how none of us really thought you could kind of break three stars with him. Um, three and a half for this one. Uh, I could even have got, I could have gone four. Uh, Image on Moxley. I absolutely loved it. I watched this with uh, with you guys when we got back on the uh, on the Friday night, I'm pissing myself laughing at this one. I know, you know, Moxley left him to be to get away from the comedy, but if he's gonna do it, obviously this is the time to do it with Yano. They had incredible chemistry. I thought from the be- Benny Hill kind of Yano trying to get away from Moxley to the stuff they did with the guardrails. I absolutely loved it. I thought. Uh, uh, Ubino was, uh, was fantastic here kind of uh, getting involved as well. Uh, absolutely loved this. And I gave it three and a half. And I'm, I don't know, Joe, what's your thoughts on the Yano scale? Because I'm starting to doubt myself. I don't know whether I might have gone higher, or is, is three and a half about as high as you could go for a, for a Yano match?
2: I don't know. I think I made maybe close to four on that Omega match Yarno had last year. Oh, I absolutely true,
3: yeah. loved
2: that yeah. match. And the Zach match Yarno had last year as well was awesome.
3: Yes.
2: Um. So I think those matches are uh, superior, personally. There's a bit more to them as well, if anything. But for what this was, it achieved what it needed to achieve. And I thought that I was going to be really annoyed that Moxie lost his first match to Yarno the way they pulled it off, I really wasn't. And yeah. I was laughing at the result as well. So yeah. they managed to pull off, you know, uh, something that they've done constantly with Yano in a slightly mm. different way. Mm. And also they played off the relationship with Moxley and Shooter as well, oh. which I quite liked. <laughs> well, you see the interview also, ma- Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: I did. Oh. What did he say? I mean... Oh, he was just—he he was talking about actually. To, in order to beat Yarno next time, they're going to need to become Yarno. You'll have heard a small sound clip from this earlier on, um, <laughs> with him saying that they're going to—they're going to turn up in a comedic car. Oh, I did hear that, a yeah. I a mean, and attack, <laughs> and it's—and like you said about like Moxley and the comedy, it feels like this is comedy. He gets this within wrestling. It's like, yeah, this is fun. This is funny stuff. It's different from other stuff on the card, and he understands the folk. The, the point of it. The shite he had to do on Raw, on the other hand, I, I've said it many times, it's about humouring a mentalist, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and and this stuff, on the other hand, it completely engages the audience. I've said it last week as well. Anytime I watch Yano wrestle, I, I'm just really focused on what's going on in the match, and it's superb from it. Love the stuff even with the DVD and the 10,000 yen they'd done the night before. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, there's a way that they could have done this that this would have been awful, but for how Yano is, the way he pulls it off and makes it believable. Yeah, I mean, I went three and a half, so on the Yano scale, we're probably talking what good four and a half, I seven
0: know. stars there, I think. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, and for me, you said Joe about you know you could be angry that this is Moxley's loss, but this is one I actually did get right in the pickems because I just felt like it's got to happen. Uh, it just yeah, felt I like think a lot of poetic justice. It, yeah, yeah, a lot of people got this one, so yeah. Uh, You know, absolutely fire with Moxley taking a loss like this. And it it does make the overall tournament more interesting. So, good stuff. Uh, Next up, we had uh, Naito and Juice Robinson. Uh, Not a huge amount of notes from me on this one. A solid, solid Juice match. I gave it three and a half. Um, Not really particularly memorable one. Uh, I kind of get a little bit sick of the the Destino near falls that that Naito's doing. Um, Yeah. I know... I think Kevin Kelly kind of, I've, I've heard talk of like, because he does like a modified version, doesn't he, for near falls and Kevin Kelly calls it as a destino and apparently it's got another name. Uh, I don't know. Pick your, pick your moments, like, oh, I Naito. Don't, I don't know if the match with Juice Robinson in the middle of this block was the, the time to be doing those near falls, although I suppose they are behind Juice Robinson. Uh, do either of you have any more detailed thoughts on, on this one than me?
2: I thought it was a really good match, to be honest with you. I went four stars on it. Oh, well. It was... I I I really like Juice Robinson. I thought it was one of Nino's best performances. Perhaps I was just in a great mood when I was watching uh, this. Grapple
0: episode. average three point seven five. So yeah, you're not far off. Yeah, I can't remember
2: yeah. what what day did I watch this one. I think I watched it just before I travelled down to see you pair. So I was thinking I'm getting away from this Scotland lark and I'm getting down to see the see the lads. And yeah, it was, maybe it was in a, a great mood or something. But you know what? I can't remember that much about the match. And I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, God, I actually don't remember this, which is kind of peak G1 fatigue, if anything, isn't it? So I'm sorry for this uh, terrible performance that I'm putting in tonight, but it was a four-star match. Give it a watch, I suppose.
1: I I went three and a half, but much like you, I can't necessarily remember a lot of it. I think at the time I watched it, I really enjoyed it. And then it finished. And he sort of moved on. and I think that's possibly how it was. But I've enjoyed Juice in this tournament. Again, you're talking about those people having just quietly good, solid matches and, and he's gotten over this serious character a lot easier than I thought he would have done. I would have thought there might have been a little bit of a sort of issue on the transition about it. But no, I think he you know, he's done well, but yeah, it was yeah, three and a half solid. Fair enough.
0: Followed up by Jay White and Tai Chi. This is a match that I remember mostly because we tried to rewatch her uh, in my living room and it was the match that sent Joe to bed. I think it was always going to happen Jay White and Tai Chi. Um, I... i've been quite stubborn this
2: weekend haven't i no <laughs> Rose. <laughs> get into bed during jay white tai chi you like, just live yeah. in the gimmick
0: mate. you gotta you gotta keep it up uh no what you didn't miss much i gave it 2.75 grapple average is 2.99 uh i appreciate two and a half. it was two shit bags in a match trying to out shit bag each other uh i think jay white's yeah. got you, you know despite I think I was worried last week, Joe, because we did praise J-White quite a bit while you were in here. Um, I'll stand by it. I, I'm quite enjoying JY white in isolation right now, at least as a character. Don't always love the booking of his matches, um, but I do like what he's doing in the matches and his particular his performances, and maybe he lies a little bit too much on the finisher reversal tropes, but there's another match we're going to talk about with him that I really actually like that in later on. Um, yeah, he was the star of the match. Taiji was the other guy. Uh, you didn't miss much, Joe, but yeah, it was a match.
2: It's Jay White. No one misses <laughs> Jay White before.
0: Uh, we didn't convince you last week, no.
2: No, <laughs> Jay White. Jeb Cobb was is the third worst match after those two far ones <laughs> I've seen during this. I thought it was oh, no. absolutely god awful stinker a match.
1: You were that angry you wanted to send in an audio like <laughs> how you felt about I did this. Try to record because we all kind of kinda liked
2: it, so, right? I couldn't get the tone right. And I was like, I can't set this off. I said like a twat. <laughs> and I know I said like a twat most weeks, but yeah, <laughs> to different levels.
0: Uh, yeah. He's never going to win um, you over as White. What could he do, Joe? Uh, look, he's There
2: are matches of his that I do enjoy at mm. times, but it depends on the opponent. I don't feel that he's the most diverse of wrestlers at this point in time. Basically, he's a guy who's got very little... ways. Well, I say little. He's not got... A lot of experience. He's mm. developing at a decent rate, and he's just been over pushed too early and expected to do things that are way above his station compared to his level of ability at this point in time. I get it. It's like Callum Chambers starting an Arsenal team when he was 19. He just moved from Southampton, mm. it didn't work out for him. Um,
1: and I fear it well, won't work out this year as well, but that's a different and point. And I think it's going to
2: work out for Jay. What I don't doubt that at all, but hmm. sometimes when he's put in there with someone like a Jeff Cobb, but he's got to kind of lead the match, it, 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 I just don't think he can do it. And this guy's an IWGP champion. Like, yeah, why are we talking about Jay White? <laughs> <laughs> I,
4: I would just go
2: say, Oishi.
0: <laughs> all right.
4: I would, no, I, uh, I would
0: just well,
1: say... A, finding a sound clip for the next intro package has become a lot why easier Why are we now. talking
0: about Jay White? Um, yeah. I, I do think like that criticism's all valid. I, I You can't really take it out. If, if you could just somehow magic that title run out of the conversation and say, Jay White, as he's presented now, at this level... I don't think he's overpushed for his level now. I think this is this is Jay White, and I'm quite happy with him being the potential spoiler for the tournament. If his title run was coming next year or in two years, I think we'd all be much happier. Um, but yeah, you can't scrub that, so I do see a point, Joe.
2: I don't think I'd be happy, because I'd still find him kind of dull. Mm-hmm. But a former IWGP champion should not be having matches like that match. He had with Jeff Cobb. Tanahashi, <laughs> Okada, and Naito being the only fellas that have held that belt really in the last few years. I mean, you got Jay White in there as well. <laughs> None of those guys would be having a match like that. It's absolute shite.
0: Fair enough. Glad you got it in, Joe. Uh, but yeah, Goto Ishii, <laughs> as you mentioned, was the main event here. Um, this was just, it's go it's Goto To Ishii, isn't it? Uh, they're going to go out there like two bulls and they're going to kill each other uh i enjoyed it i'm not going to be remembering it this time next year unfortunately because it's kind of what what goto and ishii do it was one of those matches where i was getting really excited about the potential of uh you know an ishii spoiler run in the g1 Uh, he was doing really well Mm. from a points point of view and yeah it, it was written in the stars wasn't it jp that uh that goto was always gonna go over here uh, yeah. The, the typical kind of never title type match um, that you get from these two hard hits, big headbutts, big strikes. But, you know, we're probably not going to be talking about it this time next year. Um, for me, I went 3.75 on a grapple average pool, 4.09. Don't know about you guys
1: three and a half i've seen them have better matches than this before
2: it was good yeah like you can't fault them i think you just fell
1: into a kind yeah 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 yeah, seen this before
2: they had a better main event at corican last year but i've seen them wrestle many times it's kind of similar to that ishii Nighter match earlier in the tournament where it's like a really good match but you just you've seen it before and you're not that bothered about it as a result of it yeah it was what it was
0: yeah definitely Uh, we then moved over to night 13 um, back over to the A block kicked off with bad luck five again if he's on the opener at least he's easily skippable I was definitely tempted Uh, to be honest there was something I enjoyed here about uh, Kenta just teeing off on him Uh, when it's wrestlers I don't like I think I quite like just watching Kenta beat the shit out of him it was going so well. Kenta kind of not taking shit from all the, uh, the Bullet Club interference and Gato on the outside, but that was all until Farley won with a roll-up of all things. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kenta had no chance of uh, dragging anything good out of Luck Farley. We've slagged him off enough. I gave it 2.5 on grapple. Average is 1.91. Uh, I can understand that average.
1: I went 1. Wow. One 1.5. Shite.
0: <laughs> i'm sure i'm
1: sure he's had better matches with dan Mather on the largo fucking loop <laughs> than me.
0: it was yeah it was sub 205 live standards. so if you can't even live up to that bad father you've uh yeah and we were also excited about kenter now he's had two forgettable matches in a row A uh, bit of a shame uh, to follow up that yeah. arcada match with that but moving on to more exciting things lance archer and zach saber jr uh this was a bit fun i enjoyed this uh, it was kind of Lance dominating the match and Zack Saber Jr. almost paying spoiler with the roll up again. That's kind of the the story of the G One. At this point, people like Zaku who are out, um, kind of uh, getting odd wins here and there. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I thought again, arches look great this tournament. Uh, another match that you know I'm probably thinking I want to see it outside of the G One tournament, but still gave it three and a half. Grapple average three point five four. Uh, you guys higher or lower on it?
2: I went 3.75 on this one, I think. Another mm. really fun Lance Archer match. These matches are just a really nice addition to the card. Mm. There's something slightly different about them. I thought their styles mixed really nicely again. Like, never did I, I think I'd see Zach Zaber Jr. versus Lance Archer. I think, oh, yeah, that's a bit of all right. Mm. And well and truly, it was a bit of all right. Typical sort of Zach stuff again, counter wrestling. Finding ways around Archer's big moves, holding him at various points, finding different variations—just a really fun match. I really, you know, what I really like about these uh, Lance Archer matches. They're often second of the G1
0: matches.
3: Mm. Very
2: different to the uh, sort of Progress Women's matches that are often second on the card. <laughs> eh? Yeah, I'll
0: take Lance Archer anyway.
2: Three, three and a half
1: for this one. Again, yeah, another enjoyable Lance Archer match, and and Zach kind of yeah being zach great fun
0: awesome up next evil and will osprey lads i don't know if this was good or not i was honestly i was i was halfway through writing my notes and i was and i was kind of already kind of slating this and going ah, uh, even will osprey can't make evil interesting for me and i know there's evil fans out there so maybe i'm too harsh on them jp You're speaking one. to one mate speaking yeah. to one but fuck me the crowd were into this finishing stretch I still yeah. wasn't really feeling it, and I'm thinking I think I'm just wrong at this point because the crowd was so into like the Stormbreaker teasers and the Robinson specials and evil kind of coming back and fall, you know just taking out Osprey with the the Everton is evil. I just the crowd were into every moment of this this D four section. I just personally wasn't pulled in, so I think I, I begrudgingly gave it three point seven five, but I still don't know what I think of the match. Uh, I, I, I'd expect you were a fan, JP, but how about you, Joe?
2: I've enjoyed it. Um, probably the most I've enjoyed an evil match of the tournament. Um, but look at who he's facing at the end of the day. Um, of course I'm going to enjoy it. The Farley match was just this match I'm going to pretend never existed at this point in time. Mm. Um, but yeah, that sequence that you spoke of, Benno, towards the end of the match... I was really on the edge of my seat as well because I really wanted Osprey to be evil because it's fucking evil. <laughs> and it's Will Ospreay. Uh, so I was probably about as into it as the crowd were mm. at that point in time. So I thought they worked those pieces of the match together really effectively. And I came out of this thinking what better evil matches have I seen? The only one I could think of is the Okada one a couple of years ago in G1 when he beat Ikada, yeah, yeah, which was an a great match, yeah. Um, but other than that, this has got to be up there for one of the Evil's best matches, if you ask me. Osprey again, stellar performance.
1: Yeah, I went four and a quarter on this. I really loved this. Um, really engaged, completely bought the um, the the final stretch again in this. All the things you guys have just, you just said about Osprey, completely uh, spot on for this. Except I'm a bit more higher on Evil. Um, I've got a funny feeling that Evil's going to end up being a carder as well as if they're playing into something with Evil Sonata and a at various points for this. But I, yeah, really enjoyed this. But it just adds to the legend of Osprey. And like you say, if you kind of, I have to get Gareth to get get some stats together. If you take Farley out, what's the Farley effect? rather like the anti-Osprey effect of what he does to wrestlers. Mm. And I did, one of the first things I said to Joe, I think when I saw you on the Friday was you might have to have add evil to that list in terms of best matches. I know, I know I'd agree with you though. Yeah. Maybe um, again, there will.
0: Yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just the, I'm the low man on that one. Uh, but yeah, maybe it's just evil fatigue rather than the G1 fatigue for me. But uh, <laughs> I can definitely recognise, yeah. There's something. There's some, evil does something to these crowds. Um, so if he's over and he's getting reactions like this and the matches are getting reactions like this, who am I to argue? Uh, but yeah, followed up by uh, Kota Ibushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, again, semi-final spot this is this is a match i would have expected they kept for like the the main event of one of the shows because it felt like maybe it was very good but they didn't go you know the whole way out they kept it to a tidy 15 minutes which isn't always a problem in the g1 but i don't know it felt like a from a story point of view felt like it maybe a bit more of a important match i was you know eagerly anticipating whether we get a handshake after it and Kind of maybe I was putting more stakes into that than they were, although they did kind of have their their respect version after the match. Uh, for me, it kind of felt like you know it was a lot of uh, a lot of very good things in this match. A lot of maybe the the greatest hits as as much as anything, but you know mm. a very good match. I still still went on grapple and gave it four. Uh, the average right now is sitting at four point three eight. But you know maybe a dis slight disappointment considering uh, the last G one.
2: Oh, so I love this match. I thought this was great. Uh, Mm. I thought it was like a progression of the match they had last year, and it was fully designed to establish that Ibushi has been elevated and Tanahashi has fallen that little bit down the card. Mm. One guy is coming into his prime and his peak while the other guy is moving away from that. And gets to put him off the tournament
0: as well, I suppose, is is mm. kind of the story there too. Yeah,
2: yeah, I thought that was quite... There was a sort of... um, sort of symbolic elements with beating him cleanly as well. Mm. There was a focus in terms of the purpose of the match, how that works in the tournament, but also how that works overall with the position of these guys in the car. I love this match. I thought it was absolutely awesome. Um, one of the things that I really loved about Ibushi in this match as well was throughout the tournament, I'm sort of noticing He's starting to add tiny bits of his high flying as he's gone. So I think Ibushi has adapted his style during this tournament. He's done hardly any high flying when you think about it. And here it was the first time I remember him seeing him do like a um, spring, opposite jumping sort of hurricane rana or head mm. scissors from the top rope. And it was like, okay, that he's got to pull out kind of some of the bigger moves at this point in the tournament to get over Tanahashi who had him last year. Mm. And I thought that him going over him convincingly establishes Ibushi as such a bigger threat going into those final couple of days. Mm. And it sort of says, okay, Tanahashi is losing in a quicker fashion in this tournament to guys that previously, it was taking them over half hour to beat or it was taking them over half hour to beat him. Okada beat him in 21 minutes. Ibushi beat him in 15 minutes here. It's a way of... Tanahashi still look incredible but sort of being put down the card Mm. while elevating those guys and making sure that we know these are the guys that we know are the sort of dons of this promotion at this point in time I thought it was subtle but I thought it was very good very well constructed I thought the stuff around the high fly flow was excellent um playing off of last year a little bit as well I also thought that the way Ibushi got his knees up at the last minute there was a real kind of intensity to as well and it sort of led to the next bit of the match the Bommie bombier. I thought it was a great match also the use of the Bommie as well I know he's been using it a lot Do you think that's sort of Tanahashi Nakamura, the sort of Mm. legendary status of that feud? Do you think of the relationship between Ibushi and Nakamura as well? Yeah, I was a Mm. big fan of this. I went four and a half on it. I didn't think it was like a greatest hit at all. I thought it was a condensed version of other matches that they've had with a different story-based focus, if anything.
0: Fair enough. How about you, JP?
1: I went four. I mean, I wasn't as high as joe on this for uh but at the same time i did enjoy it i suppose for me i was was slightly surprised i suppose by the shorter length but i mean now i'm thinking i need to go back and see this again he's having the jamesy effect Mm. on us better (laughs) i
0: gave it four as well uh it's not a bad rating
1: oh yeah uh, well if it's four stars it's worth seeing Mm. so yeah four and a half i'll might have to go back and have watched that again. Only fifteen minutes, being easy enough. Watch it. Might have been also at this stage that I was, again, feeling real sort of G one fatigue as well, where there's sometimes part of it your brain is like lost during the show. You
3: weren't
2: hanging up your pants, were you?
1: No, not at this point. I did watch it properly, okay. but I was just knackered.
3: <laughs>
0: uh- Followed up by the main event of the night and a match that was never going to go 15 minutes, Sonada and Ricardo. They love their long battles, these two, don't they? Uh, I enjoyed it though, uh, all in all. Uh, I only gave it four. I know there's uh, higher ratings. The average on grapple is actually four and a half, but I didn't mean any slight by that. I I enjoyed it a lot. Maybe for me, maybe the length uh, is an issue for me. Uh, Although that's the story they were telling, you know, going to the the wire um, and doing what they do. Uh, yeah, I thought it was solid. I thought the, I don't think the sc- the skull end's never going to work for me as, as a move. But if I kind of forget that, I did enjoy kind of the drama of uh, Okada sitting in that for so long, and uh, and again, so now they having to to pull out the the multiple moon salts to eventually put him away. It was a match. Based on uh, Suit Williams' uh, prediction that he thought Sonada was going to win the whole thing, that I, I did in in my pickings put Sonada over Okada. Kind of tells you what New Japan uh, think of Sonada uh, and the point that we're at with these two. Uh, but yeah, uh, a very very good match. Um, if maybe a bit long, and if you know, if it was up to me, I'd cut the first ten minutes off all of these Okada matches. But hey, he's a uh, he's a wrestling genius, so we'll am I to tell him uh, what to do? Uh, but did you two guys give this one? Did you uh, did you like it also?
1: I did like this. I actually like this more than the other Akada sonata matches I've seen this year. I was thinking it's primarily probably because there was a time limit and that for me added real drama at the end. I was into it by the end. I liked this a lot more than I was kind of expecting. I'll be honest, I was kind of dreading having to watch this. Didn't know anything about it. I still found the opening to be quite slow. Wasn't necessarily engaged, but it did build itself. Like you said, that spot with the skull ends... I was kind of I was kind of into it and thinking actually is a card is, is he's just going to pass out from this and I wasn't kind of expecting a direction and I didn't mind the setup for it for the with the moon as well so I even though it's four stars so a good match it's as it's probably as high as I would have been in Sonada throughout the entirety of this tournament <laughs> um yeah and the crowd are obviously going batshit shit as well in the process
2: oh uh, yeah i gotta say i love this match this i've never really enjoyed the Akada sonata matches they've had no, some I mean, dull yeah. matches this year jp's right with the time limit they don't have a tool to play with True. and they they use the tool as part of the story as part of the psychology of the match and they worked to that time limit well they didn't work to the time limit but they worked to that 30 minute time limit perfectly in using the sort of last remaining 12 seconds and all the rest of it i thought it was a a really great match and I'm not a Sonata fan but this is the most into a Sonata match I've been throughout this tournament um, even the first 10 minutes I was kind of like alright this is." there's a bit more of a pace and a kind of zip to some of this than there has been in some of the other Arcada Sonata matches it didn't feel like they were just doing kind of Fifteen minutes of pointless holds. It felt like there was the crowd were into it as well at different points. But yeah, the lead into the finish was what this match was all about, and the moment felt genuinely big. The crowd seemed to Mm. genuinely love it as well. Mm. It's the most I think I've ever got out of Sonada in a match ever, and I don't want to see Sonada, you know. (laughs) Being main event in cards anytime soon. Oh, I don't it's going really to happen, isn't it?
0: Another... We're going to get the yeah. match. They're going to go an hour. Yeah.
2: yeah. I don't really want to see another Ricardo Sonada match at any point soon. I think we are going to see another number one based yeah. on this result. Let's hope it's not a Royal Quest because I don't really want to see it live. Which is a <laughs> massive shame considering I fucking love this match and thought it was one of the best matches of the tournament so far. What about Jay White's Sonata Royal oh, Quest? I have to watch Jay White in a main event at Madison Square Garden after <laughs> sitting next to an absolute moron for four hours. <laughs>
1: Oh, oh, I always want to see who this moron is. You now never office. will. <laughs>
2: no. Oh, them. look, he's in the front row, an MLW show is that was in Philadelphia because he told me, yeah. I remember when I was sat next to him, that Brian Pillman Jr. came past him and he was really drunk and he slapped him on the chest or something. Yeah. Wow. So if you can find that MLW show from around March, April you might find the arsehole. There you
0: go. So I'll dad <laughs> JP, that's a One
2: thing you. I should also add on that twat, the most, <laughs> the most he reacted for any New Japan wrestler during that show was when Bad Luck, Bad Luck Farlake came out during the Battle Royal. That tells you all you need to know. Let's move on.
0: Definitely. Well, moving <laughs> on to the, uh, the last B-Block note we've got to cover today, day 14. Yeah. Uh, kicked off with... Again, I was praising an Ayano match before as breaking the scale. If that one hadn't done it, this one might do it for me again. Gave a three and a half. Feels harsh, but again, it's right on the grapple average. Uh, Ishii and Yano. It was a comedy match in some ways because Yano can't help but be funny, mm. but he was pulling out the wrestling. He was trying to out wrestle Ishii. Meanwhile, Ishii was just beating the shit out of him, but I thought it was really creative. Like, Yano had rolled up counters to Ishii's uh, sit down lariat and the brain buster. Watched this pretty much right before we came on and absolutely loved it. Uh, yeah, a couple of back to back, really strong Yano matches for me.
1: I was saying to Joe earlier on that, like, I was really struggling to sort of watch. This was the show I had to watch today before we were recording, and I was like, oh, God, I'm struggling a bit here. Watching this match, it g me up enough to sort of get through everything else. And, like you say, it was creative, it was different. Mm. I mean, I'm assuming that Jarno is coming up with what to do for this. If so, he is a kind of genius at these types of matches for being a, and Ishii as well I mean it's the crazy thing you see Ishii in a comedy match but he's not portraying his character at all or doing anything silly or unusual oh, the, the idea of removing the... was
0: trying to get him to come to the outside and he just stood his ground in the middle of the ring that's what Ishii was sat in the seat yeah yeah
1: and it completely made sense for him to do that as well. It was it was fantastic, you know. And there were points where like Yarno was having to take a load of chops into the corner as well. It was, and he still had the usual Yarno shenanigans. I, I mean, on the Yarno scale, I've, I've gone three point two five, which again is probably closer to a five star in the real.
2: Yeah, I went three point two five as well. Fair play to Ishii he's stubborn. He doesn't let people push him around. He sticks to his guns, and he does what he wants to do. Like you, Benno, not being able to get me into a bloody Toby Carvery. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I tried, lads. I really tried. Uh, following that, I mean, we could probably lump these two matches together. Tai Chi and Juice Robinson and Please, go to dude. Jeff Cobb. Any thoughts on either of them? Two professional wrestling matches in a professional skipped. ring. <laughs> I didn't have, did
2: didn't, didn't have a lot of time. Didn't have a lot of time. had so. to skip them both. Uh,
1: weather had picked up so I got that opportunity to get the washing hung out and it all, all dried by the evening so these matches definitely served their purpose
0: <laughs> 2.9 average on grapple and 3.2 average on grapple uh, yeah
1: not much 2.5 2.5 yeah fair that shows you how much I didn't even put much thought into the fucking star rating that's <laughs> how little I thought
0: <laughs> I'll tell you what, I did enjoy though. Jay White and John Moxley uh, gave that three point seven five. Yes. I thought that was really fun. Um, kind of a Mox Moxley style brawl from the top with kind of your usual Jay White shenanigans. And as I kind of spoiled for myself earlier on in the show, this was a match where I really was into those kind of the counters between uh, Jay White yep. going for his switch switchblade finisher, is it, and going to that bloody Sunday DDT, and Moxley reversing it into his DDT. I really did kind of enjoy the drama in this one I went in unspoiled, I didn't know who was going over, I uh, thought you know, as far as Moxley having so many wins so far, it makes sense for uh, for Jay White to be the, the one who upsets him um, but yeah, I thought it was a really solid 15 minute match and yeah, um, one of Jay White's strongest in this tournament
2: Completely agreed Yeah, um,
0: Yeah, the sort
2: <laughs> of match the former IWGP heavyweight <laughs> champion should be having <laughs> And yeah, the end sequence was great. I thought Moxley was awesome in the match. Um, the only thing I didn't like was how much Jay White was on offense during the match because I kind of do switch off during his long offense periods because his offense, unless he's unless it's during a finishing sequence, I find pretty dull. But when Moxley was on offense, he was awesome. That mm. The intensity that he's portraying throughout the tournament has increased. It's grown. He's getting more confident throughout the tournament as well. And that end sequence, which plays into Jay Wright's strengths as a wrestler, was top-notch.
1: Yeah, I love that because partly, and this is where the booking of the overall tournament works, the idea of the points mattering at this stage, the fact that Jay White has to win, and if Moxley wins, there's loads of people who are going out of the tournament. That stuff really helped. I bought a lot of the near falls at the end. Agree with the idea of Jay White on offense for this. That's why I love the start of the match when he just came out and attacked him to stop the kind of Jay White delaying yes. tactic. I really enjoyed that stuff and it worked well. And yeah, with Moxley, I mean, done without the getting a table out and the rest of it. But I gave this three and a half. I enjoyed this more than, what thought, than perhaps what I thought I would. And at the start of the tournament, I probably would have been thinking this is going to be bloody awful before it even began. So it says about how much that every time moxley's wrestling it's you know i'm into it i watched this one with my um, my eldest son and he enjoyed it he mm. liked watching this one as well and even he, and he hates jay white as well that's probably joe's influence on him uh, <laughs>
2: really?
1: yeah Is he, he does he doesn't like jay white at all
2: oh he's a man of taste i've mm. always said for a 14 year old lad he's got a proper brain he can have an adult conversation and he knows what he's talking about when it comes to football and you know what He knows what he's talking about when it comes to wrestling as well. Good work.
3: Refused
1: to watch Triple Mania.
2: You brought him up well.
1: (laughs) That's the mother I'd have
2: to say on that one. Me in the background, operating in the shadows.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The JP quote of a lifetime.
2: It Um. really is.
0: (laughs)
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, three and a half. um, I probably enjoyed it more than the three and a half makes it sound.
0: Mm. Next up, Nato and Shingo really really enjoyed this one uh yeah. Shingo got a lot of offense in and I appreciated that but it made me worried because I was this is the last match I watched before we press record And I was literally watching it down to the wire before I called you guys. And I was literally standing in my living room cheering for Shingo. I just wanted him to get that win over Naito. Like, he's already bigger than Naito. Like, he's supposed to be the junior, and he's wider and taller than Naito. Like, it's ridiculous. Shingo should be leading this faction as as far as I'm concerned. I was really, I bought completely into this one, cheering Shingo along in my living room. And yeah, just for me, first class stuff. I don't always love Naito, but I felt like, yeah, Shingo. I wouldn't say drag them kicking and screaming because obviously Naito's got that gear, but uh, one of the the, the, the Naito matches I've enjoyed most uh, in this tournament, and really this year all in all, I gave it a four and a half. I probably could have gone stronger on it. The the grapple average right now is 4.63, which is quite impressive. Absolutely loved it. Love Shingo. uh, Made me interested in Naito, so that's enough for me. How about you guys?
2: Match of a tournament for me. Wow. Wow. I thought this was incredible. I went 4.75 on this one. Um, I, could have, yeah.
0: I could be right there with you,
2: yeah. I absolutely love this. I was in a post-football slump
0: uh, thinking shit. <laughs> did the shit. same both <laughs> <load> of us. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I
2: figured, oh, I've got to go record. Like, I'm so tired here. But this woke me yeah. up in a, a big, big way. Like, just from the beginning, you know what? Do you know what I was actually doing, JP? It's hanging a bit of washing out. That sort of That's stuff. where
1: the magic happens so, in wrestling.
2: During the entrances, yeah. um, when Kevin Kelly and Chris Chan were talking over their history, I was mm. like straight away grabbed by the sort of context yep. that this was given as well. And that went a long way. And it made you sort of realise why the match had that sort of level of intensity. Mm. It looked like both men were loving getting getting the chance to work together in a sacker in a main event on a new Japan show mm. and they clicked there was they had so much chemistry the pace of the match the sort of little mind games that were played at sort of early parts of the match as well with like Naito going for the um LIJ like what, what would you call it like?
1: oh the fist bump yeah yeah yeah,
2: yeah. That, just little things like that mm. was so good and sort of Shingo pausing and thinking oh, okay what's going on here got the match over, got the dynamic of both guys and what their approach is over straight away, and that kind of mistrust, if anything, and how Naito knows Shingo, how Shingo knows Naito. And some of the counters and reversals, mm. and sort of unpredictable element mm. of this match, because we've never seen him wrestle before, made it so enjoyable that they, there was a pace to this match. That, this was 27 yeah. minutes, and the pace they worked at was just on a different level to anything else I think we've seen throughout this tournament like Carder Osprey was one of my favourite matches probably my second favourite match the first ten minutes of that was a lot of exchange of the hold it was mm. good but the first ten minutes of this was kind of balls to the wall straight away think about where this match went from that reversal of the um uh, it was like the Rana yeah you yeah night reversed the Rana so first of all we've gone to do the reverse Rana
1: he, turned it
2: around, he caught you around, he caught with a powerbomb, power. yeah. Then he goes to a powerbomb on the top rope, and Knight reverses it into that mm-hmm. rather. Just, just great thought, great yes. psychology once again. Mm. Just great storytelling from both men as well. And I honestly think Shingo is one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. I think as far as this year, after Ospreay, he might be my second favourite wrestler this year. It's just putting in performance after performance against juniors, against heavyweights. Mm. He's telling interesting and diverse stories. He's getting himself over. He's getting some of the younger guys over. Mm. Look at his rivalry with show this year as well. The guy is an absolute gem, and I'm so glad that he's in New Japan. I'm so glad that this match was given the kind of uh, importance that Mm. it deserved, if anything. Just an insane match that I'm so happy we got to experience in this G1. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I don't know how
1: much more I can add on to it. I went, I went four and a half on it. Which part of the reason? Is I suppose I've gone four point seven five on Osprey Acada. That I, I, I preferred that. But I think, and again, we all kind of were having a rush to watch this and watch this show today in general. And it was a hell of a lot easier than, than I actually thought it would be. Simply because, like this match, actually got me quite pumped up for the kind of stuff that's going on tomorrow mm. um i it was it's superb. we said it's about shingo i'll be fascinated to see what the sort of stats the average ratings come through for shingo um because he's been he absolutely believe you mentioned sort of a load of the spots there as well um yeah pace was great this was I, yeah four and a half go out of your way to watch this this is this was superb stuff and it was Definitely like the best of night. I'm trying to think. The only other match would have been that Abushi match at MSG. Perhaps I would have, would have perhaps liked more. So it made me feel a bit more enthusiastic about seeing night. It might have been actually the two Nighto matches on the show. Generally, I enjoyed. It feels like okay, he's getting into that last week before Budokan, and yeah, a bit more, a bit more hopeful in those. Mm.
0: Yeah, this was. Peak G1, wasn't it? Uh, and yeah, yeah, people can probably tell, you know, we had a heavy weekend and G1 fatigue was starting to rear its ugly head. Although, very, much later this tournament than in past years. And I'll put that oh, down yeah. to the skip Because we're almost there. Like, it's this weekend that we're done. Uh, unbelievably, it's flew by, really. Um, but yeah, this and, is the and match. Because we're, skip- we're doing.
1: I was going to say, because we're skipping those pre-show matches, we're not oh, even God. seeing Yoshi. No, we're not even seeing Yoshi Hashi and those multi-mans. That's been, it's just been lovely.
0: Apparently, <laughs> Zach
2: Sabre Jr. said, what's the point of these tag matches? I should be down the pub. <laughs> I love them.
0: That's going to go in the uh, the audio clip for next, uh, next there episode. There we go. We've really. already
2: sorted
1: out the audio for, uh, for Friday. That's Good. Yeah. Get that Got on board. It.
0: Right. Uh, any other thoughts on, uh, on the other G one from this week or or anything else from our trip to Liverpool? Anything else you want to talk about before before we go? Oh, I think I'm I've
1: I've just need to get some sleep back, recover, mm. get back into some kind of working pattern as well.
0: Ready for sleeping. Friday. And then on
1: this insane weekend of wrestling coming up as well.
2: What um, have we got coming up this weekend over the New Japan and WWE? Well, what is well, on? Well, we're I'm going to United watching... Wrestling in oh, Oxford, aren't?
0: Huh? Oh, you are. Oh, yeah, right? we
2: got, yeah, live show on Saturday, but there's a Ring of Honor show as well, right? Yeah, I'll probably watch that. I'm going there to
0: is. ROH and GCW on Friday. I'm going to watch them. Can I talk you into watching the Janela Show Joe?
2: If I've got the time, hmm. yeah, I'm not against it, but it's finding the time, mate. Uh, yeah. I'm not watching Ring of Honor.
0: <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> You were,
1: that was
2: one of the points
1: you did make absolutely clear that you're not watching Ring of Honour again. <laughs> Apart from that great Ring of Honour DVD that comes, that documentary that'll be made in five years' time.
2: I'll watch old Ring of Honour, but yeah. I ain't watching current Ring of Honour. Look, Ring of Honour, riding horses and eating roast dinners. Fuck off. <laughs>
0: there you go. True to the gimmick. Uh, but yeah, there's that. takeover Saturday, isn't it? Uh, I really it's not it's... a gimmick, mate. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, takeover Saturday, Summer Sunday, and there's yeah, the the last two G one days uh, as far as the the blocks go, and then the the final on Monday. Uh, it's probably not a, I expected SummerSlam weekend to be a little bit more stacked as far as indie shows go. I mean, there's a lot of progress going on, but we're probably all never going to see that by the time it comes out on VOD. But yeah, plenty to sink our teeth into. And as I said earlier, we'll be doing multiple shows over the weekend. And again, expecting Friday, Sunday, Monday, but keep glued to our Twitters in case that, that schedule is a, a yeah. little bit flexible. But you'll be hearing plenty from us, uh, rest assured.
1: We have to sleep at various points, and I need to fit in that Dundalk game on Thursday night against Sloven Bratislava. You've go.
0: you got to recap a JP on that. Maybe we'll bring, we'll bring oh, James yeah. in just so the two years can, uh, can chat. That
1: also that. isn't a gimmick. That's something I do <laughs> a remarkable amount of my time.
0: You do, you do. Very true. Uh, but yeah, anything as far as plugs before we should go, we should definitely we should plug Graps and claps. Uh, all three of us yes. were on that. Uh, really enjoyed uh, doing that in the week uh, with the several Andrews and uh, and Andy and Jeff. <laughs> uh, do love that podcast. As far as covering, yep. you know, the undergraps and the indies that maybe we don't often get to. Uh, no one out there is uh, doing it better i'm really doing it full stop and he does the lord's work and there uh, any of the promotions that he does cover should just be glad that he's doing it because yeah really enjoyed being on that and we had a we had a hell of a time
1: yeah yeah great fun i had a great time this weekend everyone we met out there really really brilliant I really enjoyed myself and it's also slightly broken me this week which is probably the sign of it being a good weekend mm
0: good job you only got like four or five podcasts to do this weekend jp so well that's
1: it, exactly <sighs> a uh... <laughs> bit of through. time to
2: rest now yeah. yeah yeah
1: bit well, of bit of time to rest
0: Well, no rest for me. I'm on post tomorrow. You'll be able to listen to the British Wrestling Experience too. Check that out. (laughs) Uh, Follow me on Twitter at BensonRichardy. Follow JP at JPGP. Follow the Grapple app at Grapple app. And go and give a Grab and claps a follow. Follow Andy, Augiepar3 on Twitter too. Uh, But yeah, that's us for a, a few days. You'll be hearing plenty of us this weekend.
1: Bye.
2: Driving around those busy streets, trying to find somewhere to go. That was my best Jeff Jarrett singing
4: impression. I'll stop. (laughs)